So Lars is telling me a story, apparently, of the, some parent let their kid piss in the lift at, their, at Lars work yesterday. Wow. What? <laughs> yeah, just let the kid piss in the lift. In a cup? Okay. Or some kind of receptacle? No, just in the lift. But for hide... No. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. As a parent of a nine-year-old who has weed in some pretty gnarly places... No, not 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 in the lift in the middle of a home furniture store. Not in the lift. No, definitely <laughs> not. As, well, as far as I know, you know, I'm not watching him twenty four seven. What? No, no. Hang, on, hang on. Sorry, this a mystery shit. <laughs> okay, so apparently something's shit in the lift as well. Oh, oh no, Jesus! Oh, no, no, how no, long no, is no, this no. lift? Like, how long is the average ride in this lift? I feel like that would um, need to be like at least. It's li- It's literally. I think it's one floor fill. So in the lift, I'm assuming drop trousers. Yeah. Squeeze it out. Stand up. Trousers back on. Out of the lift. Mm-hmm. That's that's more than a <laughs> one-story lift journey, surely. Welcome to Ayrshire. Tonight on the Conquistables, witness the amazing debut of the Royal Rumble 1988, and also the Bunkhouse Stampede from WCW, also in 1988, kind of. Making their way to the ring every two minutes tonight, one half of the Glamour Girls, Cameron Phillips, one half of the Jumping Bomb Angels, Ewan Taylor. Jumping Filled Oil and Hot Sauce Geordie Allen Milburn only tonight on The Conquistables. I'm just going to try and reset my router, guys, because I'm getting a lot of glitching and bugging out at the minute. Alright. Of course you are. We're doing a podcast. That's what happens. That's true. Nothing can work. We should do. Hold on. Oh, of course it was. I'll I'll be back. I'll be we back. We do right. a World's podcast. What happens? Al's late yep. and or eating food. Cameron's internet falls over. Yep. Um Ewan is perfectly fine and never has any trouble. <laughs> and my headphones are too quiet. Should we apologize for the lack of a Christmas special this year? No. Or fuck we just like no. say screw him. Fuck him. Did we yep. get any messages asking for a Christmas special? Did we fuck? So no, that's a good point, Cameron. That's a good point. Well, did, we get, did we get anyone messaging us going and going, hey, excuse me, where is your promised Christmas special of watching one star matches? Whose idea was that? And then Whose um, idea was that? And then that's Nobody. it. Nobody. Not, yeah, not really. a single person. For the for the benefit that's of fine. those who haven't detected, by the way, I've moved the router closer to my laptop. Oh. <laughs> you, you do sound better to be fair. Good. Yeah. That's okay because it was cutting in and out and in and out and in and out. And I got I got the gist of your vomit story. Uh, but there were bits that I was like, you know, <laughs> suddenly went, but if you follow me, if you follow me on Blue Sky, you could like uh, the, the full vomit stories on there in detail. So, I that's where I've read it. I was like, kind of going, I'm mm-hmm. sure Phil's told me this. Yeah, like, I told you with words. Yeah, good, like, <laughs> good old Blue Sky. But if it's any consolation, I did read it in your voice, Phil. No, 
No, I want you to read it in the guy from uh, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. <laughs> I was travelling down the motorway. <laughs> 20 minutes from home. And I have no to... straightened. <laughs> <laughs> My oh, God. That bit's never going to get old. If we ever do a cameo, that's the voice it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. My, my Steam Deck door is much quicker, though. If, if I can run through that. Okay, what did you do your Steam Deck? I bought a Steam Deck in July, and they're brilliant. I don't know if you know that. They're really I good. I get that. Yeah, I get that. Yep, yep. And uh, in one of the Steam sales, I think there was like that Marvel Midnight Suns game was like 12 quid. I was oh, like, right. okay. I'll, I'll, I'll have that for my Steam Deck because it can run pretty much most kind anything. of. Yeah, I think like, you know. Starfield, you might have a bit of fun trying to get to run like in full, but like pretty much anything else will run on it. Like PS3 games were running it wicked, it was amazing. Um, and then I thought, oh, it's out of battery, I'll put it on charge for a bit, put it on charge, and it wouldn't turn on. Screens wouldn't turn on, it wouldn't oh. turn on. <laughs> if I plugged it in with like a dock through HDMI into a TV, it worked, so I could use it like as a docked thing, but it's like, oh, no. So I was like back and yeah. forth with Steam. This was like, I think, the 18th or 19th of December, so I was like, on. Oh, Back and forth with Steam for a bit, and I got like their their support was great, but the only problem is like it's not European based. Uh, They're clearly oh. all based in America, so I'd send a message, wait overnight, they'd reply back, but then like because it was Christmas, I wouldn't necessarily be able to do what I needed to do that day because you know Christmas Day and that it's sort Christmas. of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so eventually we um I did all the things they wanted me to do. I tried replugging in the battery. I tried reimaging it. Didn't work. They were oh, okay. You can return it. Wicked. So I got a label out. So. I think 4th of January, 5th of January, like I posted it back and I had to go to Havant, which is, I think is somewhere near Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it got shipped to Prague. And then when it got shipped to Prague, they would process it. And then once it got processed, it would be released back. Okay. So that whole pro, like there's no, like once it got to Havant, there was like no clue. Like they, they were, or maybe three days after that arrives there, then maybe like a few more days after that, you know, you'll get a message when it's done. Like, oh, wicked, thanks. Mm-hmm. So I got the message, I think, Monday or Tuesday this week saying it's we've got it, it's all processed, we're gonna send it back to you now. I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Wednesday, I think I got the email saying it shipped. So that was like out uh-huh. from the Netherlands. I was like, oh maybe come next week. This morning I had a, uh, an email from Passport saying your parcel will be delivered today. It's like okay. wicked, that's brilliant. That's fantastic. I get all ready, about to go up for school run, second email from parcel from Passport. Your parcel will be delivered by Peter between 8.23 and 9.23, which is exactly when I leave the house to go on the school <laughs> run. Oh. And it's a Friday, so my wife is in the office and there's nobody in the house. Of course. So I'm, so, so I'm back by 8.50. So I, I like run to school, I throw him over the fence. Go! <laughs> and I come back... I get like I, the worst thing is like between my house and my school, there's no data signal. Like the data signal just does not work. So as soon as I get out mm. of my Wi-Fi range, I cannot check the because it's on the map. I can see the dude on the map. I can't check it. Get back to the house. The map's there. He's like not in my house yet. Wicked. I got it. Five minutes later, the updates. We tried to deliver your parcel eight thirty-seven, and you weren't uh... in. It's like... Was that <clears throat> a DPD special parcel force? And oh, like just as bad then. <laughs> and I'm and I'm in the house for the rest of the day. Like I'm here, I'm, I'm working from home the rest of the day, and he delivered it ten minutes before I got home from the school run. And now I've got to wait until Monday before they re-deliver it. It's like all oh, the frustration, oh. frustration that can only be matched by the last ten minutes of the pay view we're going to be talking about shortly. <laughs> yes, we will, we we will get to a pay per view shortly. That's that, that's oh, for sure. There's a segue for you, boys. That's how you do Indeed. a segue. That's it. Got weight. 
so we are starting off the new year with uh, something actually quite timely. We're actually starting off with a pay-per-view that is actually from this month. Good Lord. Elimination Chamber? No. Um, not that. <laughs> Um, I believe this is a Jordy Al joint, so if he has finished his dinner, perhaps he can explain uh, what it is we watched. I can, but I'll have to just hang up, hang on. What? Okay, good job. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he did! <laughs> what in the name of fuck is he doing? Maybe it's best we don't know. What is the... What? Just, the... just, just why? why? Why is the question... <laughs> You know, like, when I, upload, when I upload the podcast to, um, every single month, I, I upload the podcast to SoundCloud, I get to pick, like, 20 seconds for the preview. And you always put the owl section. <laughs> I'm gonna, this, this, this is very much going to be the preview. It's just like, <laughs> what are we talking about, Al? I need to hang up. <laughs> <laughs> what the f***? Why is he like this? Hello, Al. Hello. Al returned, yes. Yes. Yes, you've returned. Right, we're doing the washing up. So, Al, tell tell the listening public what it is we watched. <coughs> right, technically not a pay per view. Oh, here we go. So pedantic. So I um I've I've sort of paired it with another excellent pay per view. Um, so, um, so we can, <laughs> so um, we can kind, but carry on. So we can you know have them together you know in one thing. Yeah. So yeah. This, this of course, is the um, we're doing the 1988 Royal Rumble on the mm-hmm. 24th of January uh, from Hamilton, Ontario. Mm-hmm. And what makes this a bit interesting is it's not a pay per view, but it's always classed as one because it's obviously part of the series. A bit like WrestleMania. Technically, WrestleMania is not a pay per view, the first one, uh, and it's always classed in with the rest of them. And so should this be as well. So what you got to bear in mind is this is more of a TV show than a. Um, pay-per-view quality, but it certainly has its moments. I'm sure you'll agree. So is this like, um, was it Clash of the Champions, the WCW one that was on TV? Yeah. Yes, Clash oh. of the Champions was ran against Mania. Yeah. I, I, I think we need a history lesson. So I've got one prepared. Oh, here we go. Here we go. home. We're going way back um, to the 60s. Ooh. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Is this a history of pro wrestling? Um, yes. Um, <laughs> and, and, and my birth. Um, no. Wow. Uh, right. <laughs> Where was that? So, 1960s. Apparently, Pat Patterson was involved in the annual Battle Royals at the Cow Palace. Mm-hmm. And they would have one every year. Now, I, I, I've looked at a few results and stuff. Um, they don't look <laughs> overly exciting but for the 60s maybe they were and he always wanted to bring a big battle royal to a main event you know like a, a big selling point for a show the, the battle royal yeah so uh, fast forward a few years and um, we get to 1987 now WCW are already doing what they're doing sorry I'm going to have a disclaimer I know it's the NWO and Jimmy Crockett Promotions, NWA, sorry, Jimmy Crockett Promotions. I'm probably going to call it WCW throughout this whole thing, but I'm aware it's not quite WCW yet, but I'll probably keep referring to it as WCW. I'll shorten, that's fair enough. Yeah. I accept um, your disclaimer. <laughs> so, going forward, they already had their events, kind of, which we'll 
we'll get to in the second half of the show. And Pat Patterson wanted to bring this this thing. So apparently the story goes one day he's, he's having a cigarette and uh, the ideas aren't flowing apparently. So he's outside and he's he's thinking he's thinking back to the Cow Palace of these big battle royals. So he wants to do a battle royal, but he wants to do it different. Um, they've already kind of copied WCW to a degree by doing the the fancy dress battle royals. And um, it includes an hilarious moment uh, where Lanny Poffer wears a suit of armor to the ring. Yes, I remember this. Yeah. It's, it's, it's as ridiculous as it sounds. If you haven't seen it, please go out of your way to watch it. It's on the network. It is pretty amazing. Um, so, yeah, so they're doing that. And he wants this. He wants this thing. So he comes up with this idea of a, 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 like a staggered battle royal, so to speak. Now, historians have delved into this. It, it's not really disputed that much that Patterson came up with the idea. I don't think there's too many people saying that it's a lie or, you know, he didn't he didn't come up with the idea in Rio de Janeiro or anything like that. But he um, he had this idea of, of this battle royal. There is one dating back to 1979. 1976. Championship Wrestling. The Banger Auditorium. That's a, that's a name and a half. <laughs> big big um, <laughs> And it, it's it's an over-the-top rope elimination match. Um, but the twist is, it says 18 wrestlers, two at a time, and the winner receives $5,000. Yes. Ooh. Now, what, nobody really knows what this show was about because the, the records weren't kept very well from, from 76. Uh, it was won by Stan Hansen, curiosity. Uh, and it, it features what looks to me uh, a very young John Studd uh, dressed up in a mask um, but anyway there's no pictures it's just got the thing and I'd love to know if this is a typo or real but there's a wrestler called F.D. Jones and I, would, I wonder if that's supposed to be S.D. Jones oh indeed oh indeed he had a relative called F.D. Jones but there you go I mean we, we, we did have a pig and a hog in WWF back in the day <laughs> so it's highly possible <laughs> so so what what it is is there's nobody really knows, but what it sounds like by the word and is there's two guys in the ring, and once one's thrown out, somebody else comes in. Yeah. But obviously, oh, in yeah. order for that to work, you would have to have some sort of predetermined draw of the order they're going. So that's possibly where he got a little bit of inspiration from. Um, so he's out having his cigarette in 1987. He thinks of this thing about tying people coming in, and he goes to Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon thinks it's the stupidest idea he's ever heard of. <laughs> Right? Um, and he's not buying it. He's like, no, no, that'll never work, blah, blah, blah. So, fast forward a few months, and we're into October 87, I think. I'm going to have to look that up as well, but I believe it is. But what's regarded um, by a lot of people is the first Royal Rumble at the house show. And there's a bit of a problem, in fact, several problems with it. What what you've got is, first of all, Pat Patterson's not there. Awesome. Best hunter in a test. So I don't know who the road agents were for the for the show, or, or but what it was is that they didn't really get the concept. Thus, the wrestlers didn't really get the concept. So apparently, the audience didn't get the concept. <laughs> so it it didn't it didn't work out particularly you know particularly well. I mean, you can look at the attendance figure, but I personally believe it was because Hogan wasn't on the card to uh, yeah, yeah you know in them days to, to, for something to be good. You uh, you pretty much needed uh, needed Hogan on the card to get you a, a big payday, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's do yeah, a bit yeah. of a podcast with um, IRS, and you were saying that like you wanted to be on the the Hogan loop because you were getting paid based on the cut of the uh, the money made the on the door. 
Yeah. Go, yeah, go the gate. So if, if you're on the Hogan thing, that was awesome. Anybody else? No. Well, this this was under two thousand for um for the for the attendance, and it was I guess the the Royal Rumble was the big selling point. I also have a little a little slip at um like flyer for that as well. But I will give you the uh, exact results from the St. Louis Majority from the Keel Auditorium on the first fourth of October, nineteen eighty seven. Yep. Nikolai Volkov pilled Hillbilly Jim. Don Morocco beat uh, Bob Orton Jr. The One Man Gang beat the Junkyard Dog. Jesus. Um, (laughs) My God. Davy Boy Smith had to team with Billy Jack Hayes because the Dynamite Kid was was, um, injured, so he was substituting. Uh, They beat Demolition by disqualification. All owned off defeated Rick Rude by countout. Okay. (laughs) It also included a pre-match pose down, just so you know. Obviously. And because you haven't had enough of Billy Jack Hayes, he was brought out again because Ricky Steamboat and Jake Roberts were both injured, so he had to take on King Kong Bundy and let him win by countout. You had a women's title match of uh, Sherry defending it against Velvet McIntyre. And then, then you had the main event. A 12-man Royal Rumble match. Wow. So if you love if you love Billy Jack Hayes, the likely it is you got to see him three times that night. So <laughs> the Billy, see that's the Billy Jack Hayes fans missed out on the best event there. Some fan in that auditorium was going insane, like, oh, yes. he's, he's coming out again. Imagine it. <laughs> like so, so um, in the Rumble, isn't it? The three faces of Billy Jack Hayes. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he comes, comes out in different costumes. Yeah. There's a book. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, so this is where they, this is where it, it well I think the show was already going downhill but it, it got it got worse. Sounds like a winner so time, far. <laughs> the time of the match was about twelve minutes, which meant everyone was coming out probably every minute, yeah. which is doesn't really have time to work on the match when you've only got twelve people in there. No. Then it didn't help the winner for some reason to decide the winner. The the pulled the old Bret Hart Lex Luger thing seven years beforehand. With um, the one man gang and JYD going over the top rope at the same time. Everybody wants a confusing finish. We didn't need Vince McMahon and Torn Quads to sort this one out. Uh, they just uh, the referees decided the one man gang was the winner. Oh, cool! <laughs> right, <laughs> what a, I bet the crowd loved that. And oh, it gets better. You see, because due to a pre-match stipulation, the one man gang gets to challenge Hogan at the next um, house show at the same venue. Oh, Jesus. So there you go. But this is even better. The ring ring announcer already announced Hogan v. One Man Gang during the interval. Oh, beautiful. Oh, my God. (laughs) Beautiful. So so I think it pretty much telegraphed where the Royal Rumble match was going. I mean, if you weren't paying (laughs) attention, fine. But if you were paying attention, be like, hey, that's funny. What a coincidence, eh? Uh, um, that's, that's, that's peculiar. So after that abomination, it was put to one side. Clearly. And <laughs> fast forward a few months, and um, like you were saying before, it was getting a bit nasty between the NWA and WF. Um, WrestleMania 3 was a big success, so McMahon wanted another pay-per-view, so he ran Survivor Series. Except, being the nice man he is, he decided to run Survivor Series the same night as Starcade. Obviously, yep. and if that wasn't enough, he threatened anyone who sold Starcade that you wouldn't give him WrestleMania four, and because WrestleMania three was such a big cash cow for everybody, they were really frightened, and a lot of them thought we got to have WrestleMania four as well. So um, the buckled, and not many places showed Starcade. 
So now, WCW, NWA, are running another show this very same night. So McMahon decides to put a free-to-air TV show to try and sabotage it. That's basically it. Where, in reality, uh, the um, NWA bookers have done the best job of sabotaging it. Far better than Vince McMahon. (laughs) Um, Probably, yeah. uh, this, this, This show is horrendous. Oh, the well, fact we'll that this this we'll was this was a show that we'll get there, but I'm just going to say the fact that the NWA show was on pay per view, yet Vince was offering a free product that while it wasn't great, it was still infinitely times better than what was on pay per view. This this is a thing that we won't get for weeks because we'll get to it later <laughs> on. But this wasn't just a one night thing thrown together. This had like months of planning. Well, what happened with this uh, with the Royal Rumble is that uh, somebody called Dick Ebersol, I believe that's how you pronounce him was the head of the USA Network and he, he was I don't know if he was a wrestling fan or just he could see entertainment but he, he, he was on board with his show and they, they actually pulled another house show from uh, somewhere else in Ontario to do it I think it was running three yeah. nights so whether they put this on instead of that night or were intending to run three nights I'm not sure so what the, what they did was uh, the story goes I, I'm a bit dubious about this bit but I've heard somewhere he looked at the card and he didn't think there was a, um, you know, a good match on the card to bring the audiences in. But I'd love to know what card that was going to be or something. I've not been able to find it. Uh, so whether there was a, a, a makeshift card or whether he just felt he needed a gimmick. So Vince McMahon apparently went, tell Dick about your stupid idea to Pat Patterson. So <laughs> Pat Patterson told Dick about this stupid idea of people coming to the ring, you know, in timed intervals and stuff. And apparently this guy went, that sounds amazing television. You know, the drama of it, the, 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 the don't know who's coming out next, everything like that. He said, that's amazing. That's the match you should you should go with. I bet so, was like, you're right. <laughs> what, that idea of mine was brilliant. <laughs> I, I'm sure it didn't harm. Main event was the uh, Battle Royal the same night. I'm sure it didn't harm having his version oh, of the Battle Royal on. Yeah. And uh, we get to it at the minute, WCW kind of tweaked theirs a little bit to... Um, wow. So, so we'll get there first. So, we'll there. so it was all set. Yep, this was on USA Network, and it was the first ever Royal Rumble. Although I think one name referred to it as the Rumble Royale at one point. Yes, but, um, but they call it in France. <laughs> so Rumble before we Royale. Get there, we're just about to start, and I'll let you guys take over. But they also ran a house show the same night. They did. It's Hall- Halifax, Nova Scotia. So if you wonder where some of your favourite wrestlers are, they could be here. Still, somewhere else. What a surprise. We had Sherry defending the title against Rock and Robin. Okay. Coco Beware defeated Seeker. Is that Roman Reigns' dad? No. (laughs) Um, The Russo brothers defeated the Conquistadors. Obviously. Um, Demolition Smash defeated Ken Patera. Oof. Now, Demolition (laughs) Smash... That was a classic. Um... Demolition Axe was, was, was set to fight Billy Jack Haynes, but he was still knackered from all them free appearances <laughs> the previous year. Um, so I think he left. So they had to hire some... Well, uh, he, I've noticed him. He did a few um, house shows in Canada. He's called Buddy Lane. Don't know anything about him, but he was pretty much just, just a body to, to fill the card up. Uh, Brutus Beefcake took on Greg Valentine, the former tag team partners. And your main event was the Honky Tonk Man defending his Intercontinental title against Randy Savage which Honky Tonk Man won by disqualification. Naturally. 
And if you're wondering, the only other guys who weren't included, and I don't know where, the Bulldogs are missing from both cards. Uh, Dynamite was injured, so but no, no Davy Boy. Hercules was missing, don't know why. And you had a couple of lower put card his guys. Out of his ass, clearly. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> you had like SD Jones and Lombardi, Harwis, Scott Casey, Outback Jack, oh, where's he? A couple of lower card guys and... A few people were leaving because Billy Jack Ayers was gone. And just before um, 87 finished, I think Paul Orndorff went and Bundy's went. So there are a few names down. Um, mm. Not as much as the NWA, which we'll get to later. And the only other thing I'll mention, two other tidbits before we get started, was um, Gorilla Monsoon was originally on commentary, but suffered a mild heart attack. Oh. So I presume he was... Probably for the main event. I... <laughs> presume he was replaced by Vince rather than a three-man team. It doesn't sound like they would have had a three-man team, does it? Don't Not that time, three, no. Three-man uh, team would have been a kind of major thing around this time, sure. There would have been two. And because of the, the lack of wrestlers, they had to cancel the, the great tag team match, which was Demolition versus the Killer Bees. I'm sure you're all upset <laughs> that they cancelled it, but they did run it on <laughs> Challenge later that year, which oh, unsurprisingly... Okay. Demolition one. Um, so you're telling me this competing house show had a main event of the Honky Tonk Man versus Match by Randy Savage, and we yes. got what we got as the main yeah. event. Yes, I, yes, I guess so. But don't worry, I'll get that in a minute. I felt I, I've talked, uh, I've talked a bit here, so I think there you go, guys. You you take it from here. I would just like to thank Al, the fact you've turned over a new leaf in this brand new year of 2024. You've selected a show with only four matches on it, so I think that should be applauded to begin with. I, I was thinking that, actually, when I was watching this, I was like, surely not. And there's no tournament? No. Well, well, you say that, but the second half of the show, we'll get to a tournament. But anyway. Oh. Anywho. So, Anywho. let's, we get welcome to the arena. Uh, Vince and Jesse's outfit's there. It's as ridiculous as always. Jesse seems quite subdued in his outfit, though, I will say. Like, this isn't, like, his A-game outfit, from what I can... I, I, I don't think. Uh, I mean... Like, he's all kind of muted shades. Like, there's no kind of tassels. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, remember, this is only a TV special, so he doesn't get the good yeah, stuff out true. for pay-per-view. that's true. He only gets out for pay-per-view, which sounds it... very, very wrong when I've said it out loud. Was anybody else confused by the music initially? By the fact that the sound levels were all over the place, you could hardly hear them. It was indeed, Dub. The show opens up to what is Rick Rude's theme because he's coming to the ring, but the dub it over with something that isn't Rick Rude's theme. I was thoroughly confused as to what was going on. I was like, what the hell is that music? Have we got yeah. some kind of weird version of New Jack showing up? What's going on? <laughs> oh my god. So, as as I mentioned, Rick Rude's coming to the ring for our opening match, which is a singles match, Rick Rude against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. That's an opener though, isn't it? As you, you're two men in the ring, why this is not on last, I've got no clue. But for two guys, you know, there's two cracking, like two of the best. Two of the yeah. best right there. 
I would just like to see there is actually a third participant in this match. And I'm, are you referring to the person in the front row with the megaphone? Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't refer to her as that. I would call it the noisy bitch in the front row with a megaphone <laughs> for some unknown reason. Why was she allowed in with that? Well, she was. I think she only lasted until like the first ad break <laughs> or the first kind of break in the match because that got just got, got taken away from her at some point. Yeah, guaranteed. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, as soon as I heard that, and I was like, kind of going, "Oh no, please don't tell me she's here for the entire show." But thankfully, after about fifteen minutes, she's mysteriously gone. I yeah. think there's like a period in the middle. There's like loads of kind of um, arm bars and kind of uh, rest holds and, and stuff. And that's all you thing. hear is break it off, and I'm like, please break it off, break the megaphone. Yeah, I feel like at that point security came up and had a word. Uh, probably Vince was going absolutely mental. Like could, under I his bet breath. he was, because obviously this is before the era where people would be having like signs confiscated, that sort of stuff. But like, yeah. being that it's on TV, you don't mm. want a rogue person in the front row with a megaphone giving it yowdy. Well, to be, I mean, she wasn't. She wasn't saying anything overly offensive. I mean, God only knows if you let somebody in with the megaphone in twenty twenty four. Lord only knows when they come out. Oh, but then Cesaro would run out and like smash it in half or something. It'd be amazing. Well, that, that's after somebody lets out the most racist comments <laughs> ever. <laughs> that is that is true. That is probably true. I, I did like the burly security guards who were trying to keep the fans off of uh, Steamboat and failing. <laughs> just they seem just kind of pointless than being there really isn't it jesse has a good question to start the match what's bigger winning the jesse the body award or winning this match um <laughs> given the concept of this pay-per-view i'm going to go with winning the jesse right. the body award is probably more prestigious probably neither but i, I had but a good time um, this match i did because th- you got two yeah. good workers who just go out and work a good match it's just and they get what 17 minutes it's a good yeah, old it's, it's like the first it's like block isn't it Mm-hmm. And the thing is, well, it, this this match didn't scream. This is a house show match that's been converted to TV. This is actually a mm. really good like PV level match. It's yeah, nowhere it? near the like the. I say we watched like Beach Blast '93, and they have that Iron Man Barnstormer in that one. It's nowhere near that level. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. but no, that, that's that's a different level of great. I think. Um, I think I, w- I was beginning to wonder if one of them was carrying an injury because at uh... one point Vince does. Give a, I mean, I was watching um, OSW Review the other night, and they were doing um, In Your House 4, and right. it was all about how during Yokozuna versus Mabel, they were commenting on how it's it's kind of that thing of Vince on commentary occasionally like has comments that he's actually pissed off with the quality of the match, but he can't out- outright say, I'm yeah. furious with this, but he just has a sly dig at the combatants. Well, he was famous at that. He'll, he'll slip a little... If you're paying attention, you pick up on it, but if you're not, it's just like, oh, Vince is just being Vince. Yeah, there's one later on about a part of the show, isn't there? Which we'll come back to. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. There's one point in this where he kind of, in exasperation, says, you know, Rick Rude's entire offense so far has just been punching. And then <laughs> Jesse Venture just kind of like goes, well, maybe that's what he wants to do. He wants to, you know, Steamboat's a technical wrestler. Come he on, just wants brawling. to punch him in the face. And it's just like, right, Vince is kind of pissed off. He's not very just happy. Basically yeah. Turn this into a boxing match. I was like, one of these guys is obviously carrying an injury because there's a fuck of a lot of rest holds going on halfway through. <laughs> yeah. But there's like there's that one point where I think Steamboat, I think probably one pair of butts, Steamboat's in the camel clutch and he just kind of like stands up with Rude on his shoulders. Yep. Like, that was awesome. That was a great little power move, that. So clearly he wasn't carrying the injury. No, I think it must be Rude's got something. I mean, obviously Rude had to retire due to lower back issues in like 93 or something like that, 94. Yeah. Yeah. So, His back I always mean, looked like it was going to snap any second, though. Yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, Rude was never like 
he, he was a well-built guy, but he was never like tanky. You know what I mean? He wasn't. Yeah. He, he was. He always had this kind of like sort of like thinness to him. You know, yeah. wiriness. You know, in his body, he was never like you know this bulky, bulky guy. But then you can kind of say you say like his waist is like really narrow, and like yeah. You know, like I just remember always seeing him, just thinking like someone's just going to snap him in two. Yep, lots of arm drags as well. Lots of. Arm... I'm not saying it's a crap match. I'm just saying I, I kind of oh. went into this going brilliant. It's Rude versus Steamboat. We've seen a couple of matches with these two. They're all been great, and this was okay, but it wasn't yeah. anywhere on that level. They're going to have like what five years down the road in WCW. Yeah, an absolute banger. That's that, that, that Ironman sure. match. Beach Blast '93 is an absolute banger. I love that. One. I need to watch that again. I haven't watched that yeah, for a while. Brilliant. At the finish with um. The, the ref getting dragged in and getting wiped out by a steamboat crossbody. Mm. Yep. Happy with that yep. finish, or is it kind of like, uh? I mean, it's a very TV finish. Yeah. Let's say that. Yeah, I quite like that rude like, when, like, halfway to the ring, halfway to back to the to the locker room before, like, he realized what was going on. I was like, what? What? And then kind of yeah, ran back to good. the ring to lambast the referee. For, for an opener, this was more than serviceable. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'd say so. It's, it's decent. I say it's, yeah. it's just not the best match that these two yeah. will have. Totally, yeah. No. Don't worry, though. I'm sure what's going to follow next will be cracking. Well, before yeah. we get there, I would like to know what was on the other channel. What were the NWA presenting to us at the same time? It was the third annual Bunkhouse Stampede. The, the problem is um, WCW don't know because they fucked up and put the wrong <laughs> ticket times on the, on the ticket. WCW <laughs> fucked something up. Can't believe that. Well, the, the NWA, of course. But, um, the NWA, yeah, Jim yeah, Crockett. Hopelessly uh, professional at all times. Some, come on, come on. Some tickets said seven, some tickets said eight, and yep. I thought, oh, fuck no. it, fuck it, it's going on at 6.30. <laughs> Yep. So, some people got the arena and missed. I mean, didn't miss much. You had the. Uh, uh, do you want the opening contest or the dark match? You which one would you? I mean, prefer? we have to we have to go with the dark match then. Then the opening contest. Well, so. the dark match is is um, very very good because it was um, originally the Rock and Roll Express. Oh. Um, but they quit the company because um, everyone seems to be quitting the company. At Obviously. Uh, <laughs> NWA. I think the money was a bit of an issue, um, so they they they, they quit. And um, it was the Sheep Herders. Oh. oh. The best so, you know, tag team in the world. Indeed. Yeah, with their flag bearer, Johnny Ace. Oh. Oof. That's not age I presume it is the same Johnny Ace, but um, yes, Bobby, I presume it, it is the same. Not the best person in the world. Um, <laughs> so they're, they're, they're from New Zealand. And because I, it looks like at one point they might have drafted the... Um, Free birds in to, to take the place, uh, but Michael Hayes also quit. So oh, he probably took, took one look at the cheapers like no, I'm not no. <laughs> oh, my, my shoulder's gone again. Sh- my elbow injury's flared up. Sorry, guys. <laughs> we we have the random team of Jimmy Garvin and Sting. Now that's so, a combo. So wow. there you go, Sting. Um, oh, the dark match. In the dark match, yeah. Well, literal dark match because nobody was there. Nobody was there. Surely by '88, Sting was like Sting, not no. you know, to get no. chucked out of there. Early '90s, late '1991, that's when Sting became. Sting. Yeah, '90s his first world championship run, is it not? When he beats Flair. Yeah, twenty fourth. It's a very similar situation as someone we're going to come to in the Royal Rumble tonight in the mm, match. Really? Yeah. The the the, the first was won by DQ. 
Uh, but some, something else that's a bit baffling is it, it's obviously a dark match, but it is available on YouTube. Oh, what, fan um, so, No, 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 we're commentary and everything. <laughs> So I don't know if it was recorded for television or a video cassette. It certainly wasn't recorded for the Bunkhouse Town Peace video cassette because they never released it. So, <laughs> so, so yeah. There's a reason for that. But the the first match proper that was in the Bunkhouse Stampede show proper at whatever time it started at. The proper show was the NWA World Television Championship match of Nikolai Volkov defending against Bobby Eaton. On paper, anyway. I didn't see it, but that's decent. Well, I, I hope you think it's decent, Cam, because you can watch it for a while. Oh, God. If, if I told you, Cam, Tony oh, Schiavone yeah. went, Tony Schiavone went near the start, and five minutes have gone. Oh, all right, okay. You'll never guess what happens next. It's a time limit draw. Good limit Lord. Draw. They do oh, love him, don't they? They do love him. 20, 20 minute time limit draw, um, yep. which we'll get yeah, to all right. these matches in a minute. Apparently, though, um, Shivani still kept giving time cues out the other matches to sort yes. of make oh, it well. okay. Oh, uh, God bless you. Uh, God bless Tony. Because this is the first match, um, it, it seemed a bit hokey when he starts doing it. So uh, there you go. I mean, and, and the fact that half the arena hadn't even arrived yet. We go next to our first sort of segment of the evening, which... Time limit. This could have done <laughs> yeah, with every existing. Don Morocco trying to break the chess press world record. I, I think you watched the wrong show, uh, Ewan. Oh. Dino Bravo. Thank you. Canada's favourite I mean, son. I mean, sure, why not? This segment sucked. That's all you need to know. Well, would, would somebody like some history on this segment? <laughs> What history is there? What? Carry on. Well, this 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 is uh oh. I'm having technical <laughs> issues. This is followed by a sigh. We're in for a good one. Right. This uh, is uh... no no. Uh, this this one is um logic to a degree. Well, Vince McMahon's logic. <laughs> so no. what happened? Is it a soft launch for the WBF? Well, we're going to talk about um some bench press records. Um, I don't know much about weightlifting, but um, I'll try and do my best. Do you I'm know, kidding. one this is it. Um, one guess each without googling. Which former wrestler to this point actually held a bench press record? Campitera. No, no, no. But that's a good guess. We'll get to him soon. So, who's whose bench press record he's trying to break here? You mean? No, no, no. He had it a good few oh. years before this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no. Oh, it's not Bill Kazmaier, is it? No, he's, he, we'll get to him as well. I have to um, where the guess that was. Um, uh, Bruno Sammartino. Oh, oh really? Okay, <laughs> fair enough. So, yeah, so he, he had that. And you're right, Bill Kazmaier had it at one point, uh, but he, he seemed to go on his um, strongest man thing rather than this sort of strength test. But a guy called Ted Arcidi you might have heard of who was a wrestler. I, I feel like we've seen him in a show. I feel his, like we his have. His best things, WrestleMania 2 is the best thing you'll see him in. Although, did we see him? I, I think we know that stadium show I did. What was that? The um, big event. Well, it was oh, the big yeah. Event. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, what's crazy is he was legitimately the world bench press 
champion. I think he got it in nineteen in 1984. It might have been something. Like I did have. Hang on. There we go. 1984. Yes, was uh, was he, he beat Kazmaier, who had it in 1981 and 1980. Actually, he he did it with 667 pounds. In 1985, he, he added to his record and did 700 pounds. Mm-hmm. Now, this is Vince McMahon's logic. Legitimately, in his federation, he has the strongest man in the world. This this Ted Arcidi can claim to be the strongest, strongest man, man in the world. Yep. However, Ken Potera was coming back from um, his time in prison. And if the story goes, Vince didn't want two strongest man in the world. You know, it would confuse the fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though Pater- the best Potera did was uh, third in the world's strongest man. So technically... He never really did anything where you could call him the world's strongest man. But anyway, Vince didn't. You know, that's you, he I'm the world's strongest man, though. I'm the world's strongest man. You get like <laughs> at least like you know a few weeks of TV out of it and a match. Well, so what he did is he just decided to release Ted Arcidi. Obviously, oh, yeah. There you go. So oh. he's now got Ken Potera. He's world's strongest. I feel man like Arcidi's finisher was a bear hug, so I think that's probably a good move. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Ken Potera didn't really work out. I think they even hoped he would be big enough to main event WrestleMania 4 against Hogan. And he wasn't quite in shape and he picked up a bad um, arm injury and he was pretty much done. He was pretty much down to jobber by the time ah. this... I mean, he's jobbing to Demolition Smash on the like house Hercules show. You know, it's not, yeah. Um, that's what he's doing tonight. He's not even on the, on the event. So McMahon must have panicked a bit and went, shit, we need the strongest man. Uh, and then we came up with this. So this tonight is Dino Bravo trying to break Ted Orsini's 700-pound record with, what's he going for, 715, I believe it is? Like when, yeah. when we get there. Yeah. So, like, when this started, like, I didn't... I was like, okay, right, a bench press thing. I feel like we'll give it a chance because who knows? Because Dino Bravo, you got Jesse out there as, like, the spot man. Jesse's always good value for money. Dino Bravo was like he was, you know, he's getting booed in Canada. So that's good. I, I really <laughs> like that. Like they ask Frenchy Martin questions and he replies in French. That's cracking. I'm like, okay, right, we're probably gonna get be all right here. And then like, okay, he's gonna do one. He's gonna bench press to warm up. What's he? What's he pressing? Four hundred and fifteen pounds. And I was like, he's starting at four fifteen, and yep. the record is seven hundred and five. Yep. Yeah. And then like the next one's like how he goes from four fifteen. To like five hundred and five pounds, so he's like going up in like fifty, like fifty, sixty pound increments. I'm like, oh, for God's sake! And each time they're like, unscrewing the thing on the side, putting an next plate on, putting it on the other side, screwing the thing back on. Hey, would the crowd be quiet, please, please, quiet crowd? And Gene Oakland's there, yeah, yeah. All, all you can hear is like one one man in the commentary booth salivating at all the strength. <laughs> and Jesse going, just give him a chance. You, I think you may not like him, but give him a chance. Like the crowd's burn. It's like. I get like if this was five minutes long, fine. Yeah, but it's like I don't know. I didn't time it, but it, I think it was as long it, as the first match. It feels like twenty. Yeah, it feels like I'm still watching it right now. Oh, yeah. to get to the point of Jesse helps him a little bit to lift the lift the thing up, and that's that's where it kind of gets to at the end. Nobody comes out to confront Dino about him being a cheating bastard. Oh, they could have at least had some fake guy with a clipboard going, yep, world record, you know, something like that. Yeah, something yeah, like that, that yeah. Sense, you know what I mean? And then Jesse just kind of like, this is an unofficial weight lift, actually, because we have to weigh it afterwards, so it's not official yet. It's like, thanks, Jesse. That's uh... kind of ruined that then, hasn't it? It was just so ridiculously long. It would have been an ideal kind of like segment if, well, obviously it was shorter, 
and B, if you had like obviously you couldn't use real weights, that was the kind of thing. But if yeah. you had like a tag team that you were gonna break up and you had what you know, what one person you wanted to be the face was doing the lifting and the heel side of the tag team that was gonna turn on him would just drop it at the last moment across their chest. <laughs> well there you go. Although they're throat right. or something like that, and it would have been like, look at this, it's like kinda of going, on, you know, always jealous, you're gonna get all these things on your like that would make this a cool segment. But as it you is know, bollocks. You know the one thing yeah, that would make well, this segment better? Not existing. Not being on there? Exactly. <laughs> well, I'll go back to your thought in a minute, Cam. But um, you're right. So the end was Bravo picking it up. Jesse just helping them, but only applying two pounds of finger pressure. That's important. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to, help them, yeah. to help them get the bar back. Now, I, I've read and tried for, for a good few years to try and research what this is about, what the whole purpose was it is. But like, even Frenchy Martin, I've watched an interview with him, and he says Bravo was legitimately strong, and he could have actually done that. Um, he has done See, it Bravo. apparently before, but mm-hmm. I don't. To me, the, the weights weren't. I don't think all the weights are real, but they must have had some weight no. on it. Otherwise, he would have struggled. Oh, so it can't have been totally it, yeah. fake. It must have been. I don't know. Maybe well, five hundred pounds. Yeah. Something. Yeah. But, Otherwise, he would have been easily able to do it. But I don't know if the bit with Jesse helping them was trying to be a storyline or something. I don't no, know. Maybe that's the only reason why it's there. But there are bits where they seem to add on like massive discs that say forty-five pounds, and then there's another one that's yeah. like, you know, a tiny one that says forty pounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yes. what w- what it does get out of the segment is Gorilla Monsoon for years reminding Jesse of that. Like every time you had Dino Bravo, the world's strongest man, and followed by Monsoon going only when you're helping them, Jess. You know that sort of thing. So that a little, yeah. a little the one benefit for, um, we had out of it. Yeah, I, I I don't know what it. I don't know if the thought. Yeah, even if he he did do it, like I said, it didn't look official. I, I don't know what they were going for. I guess, but to be fair, Vince McMahon didn't care. He just referred to Bravo as the world's strongest man going forward, didn't he? So hmm. that was it. Yeah, and it took fifteen minutes of TV time to get there. Well, yeah. I just want to just want to bring up um, what, what Vince McMahon's stupidity even more because um, Ted R C the other guy he released. Um, went and actually got £718 in 1990, two years after this bench press record. Oh, there you go. That's uh, two <laughs> I bet it didn't take him this is, long to do it. And this is even crazier. Right, that was the bench press record in 1990. Mm-hmm. What is the current bench press record today? 718 in 1990, you say? Yeah. It's going to be something like... I'm guessing it's going to be a small increment, so I'm going to go to like 725. I think it's more um, than nine hundred. Can I can I say it's eleven hundred pounds? It's double what that was then. One thousand four hundred and one wow. pounds. Isn't that crazy? That's, you would take that closest <laughs> then, yeah? Wow. Yep. So yeah, isn't that's that, 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 that I thought I just thought for this I'm gonna look up what the current record is. Uh, last year it was twenty twenty three. I was like, Jesus Christ. So yeah, these guys have come a long way, but that's what you yeah. get, Vince. When you actually have the world's strongest man, it's not good enough for you. So you've got to no. you've got to make one. Oh, yeah, one think, last think Canadian version. One last tidbit. I'll follow up with this. Might have been the real reason why we got this on the show. Um, a week later, NWA was doing the Powers of Pain versus the Road Warriors in the bench press challenge. So <laughs> there's a possibility he just uh, wanted to got uh, beat, beat them to it. Beat them to, to the it. Punch. You know, he's already ruined the Battle Royal. He may as well ruin all their programming Good um, by uh, putting this on as well. 
you know you're better when you're stealing the heat from the other company's bench press segment. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I'm beginning to get the impression from doing all these um, shows, guys, that Vince McMahon's a bit of a twat. I mean, do you reckon? You think? I don't. It just suddenly struck me. Surely the mustache gave <laughs> it away. You, you say that, but you know, when when Eric Bischoff, oh sorry, Count Bischoff, to give me his title, um, no, does things Count Bischoff him, get right? <laughs> you know, when he keeps giving out results before Raw and um, things along them lines. Oh, that's dirty tactics. Dirty. That's tactics all revenge for the Eric bench press thing, yeah. isn't it? It's all revenge for that. They ruin the bench press. We'll ruin Nick Foley. I love professional wrestling. It's such a petty business. <laughs> Easily. Next is a sentence I never thought I'd hear say in the in the eighties on WWF. It's the women's tag team championship match. Yay! And it's best of three. And it's best of three. The glamour girls of Judy Martin and Lilani Kai defending against the jumping bomb angels of Norio Tatino and Itsuki Yamazaki. I fucking love this match. Yeah, you're already remembering the I, names of the Jumping Bomb Angels, so you're one up on Vince already. Oh my god! Oh my god! I've written that down. Was it calls them red, red and pink, or something like that? Isn't red, it? red and pink. McMahon, I got a question for you. What's that? What's the names of the two bomb angels? Uh, unfortunately, I uh, I can't speak Japanese all that well. Just say, I mean, I might want a date later tonight, and I might want to approach one of these girls. What do I call them? A bomb angel? No, let's call the one in the ring pink, and the one out on the apron, let's call her red, I guess. Oh, that's real clever. Well, what else are you going to do? Well, maybe, Vince, maybe you take the time to learn how to pronounce their names yeah. before the match starts. That's what <laughs> nah. you do, because... This, I think, is after the first fall, there's an ad break. And when they come back, yes. suddenly he can pronounce their names. Someone's written them down phonetically for him. I think somebody's run, run to him. Yeah. Here you go, Vince. Such That's a... their names. And it's like Such pink a... equals, red equals. The Jumping Bomb Angels were huge. Is it Old Japan they were huge in? Old Japan, yes. Old they Japan. Big did they have a big feud with the Crush Gals, or is that the wrong thing? Am I thinking the wrong I thing? I think that's the wrong thing. They did yeah. beat uh, Bill Nakano and Condor Saito to win the they vacant did. Triple WA World Tag Championships back in 1986. That'd they be a big beat deal Linus time, Asuka it? and Nagao, who were the Crush Gals, you're correct, Cam, in 1986 to capture the tag titles again. So yeah, they had a big run in all Japan. Then for some odd reason, they made a trip to the States for a year and wrestled in the WWF. Um, I'm not sure what the reasoning for this was. I don't know if Vince was trying to toy with the idea of trying to take over Japan, which, you know, almost 40 years later, he's still trying to do. He did a lot of sort of talent exchanges then, but maybe it was just a bolster his women's division. But I, I feel I need... Hogan was still to... going to Japan then, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think you're right, yeah. I think we need to tell the viewers how the Glamour Girls got the tag team titles. Yes. How did they get the tag? How did they get the titles, uh, Uncle Al? Well, they they <laughs> beat the, they beat the reigning champions of Desiree Peterson and Velvet McIntyre. Oh. So it wasn't like um, the Intercontinental Belt. It was one of the tournaments that nobody ever went to. Well, and there actually was a match for them to win it. Welcome to Puerto Rico. It's funny you should say that because this match took place in Cairo, Egypt. There you go. Oh, no, <laughs> oh probably. So, that's right. That's right. In a pyramid sure. somewhere. I, I don't think anything's <laughs> ever been, any footage has been found of this match. Uh, it's not. It's in Tutankhamun's tomb. <laughs> you know, yeah. what's, what's funny as well is of all of all five defences of this belt before it was deactivated, four of them were in house shows. God. It does, like, is there even the roster to, to support a tag team division for the ladies no. at this point? Um, no, you're right. There's, 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 
there's literally two women, I think, for the women's title and four women <laughs> for the tag team title. That's pretty much the roster at this moment in time. Well, like you said, like, the, the match they have is cracky. Like, I got a bit worried when they start because they kind of start doing with hair pulling. I'm like, oh, here we go. Oh, yeah, they, they got all the crap out of the way first. But then, like, they just start busting out suplexes and stuff and double, you know, drop kicks and things. Like, oh, here we go. Oh, okay. We're having a match. This is good. I think it was quite a revolutionary thing at the time. So I think women's wrestling, at least in the WWF up to that point, was very much that sort of cat fighty we'll do some wrestling but we'll do some crap in between whereas you get the jumping ball majors are just like right we're here to kick ass and take names yeah that was very much it the way that where was women's wrestling was in japan wasn't it it was like oh yeah they can wrestle oh, yeah. just as well as the men they're, they're gonna be just as hard hitting joshi is fucking brutal sometimes in japan oh, vicious stuff yep. it, is it is just unbelievably up you know blood fueled and i, I yeah. don't think People actually realize how much more violent, like especially this time in old Japan and things, and the eighties, <laughs> yeah. how much more violent it was than the men's wrestling. Because holy sweet mother of God! If, if you look up all Japan women on YouTube, you'll find some absolute uh-huh. of <laughs> matches. And yeah, it's it's a bit stiff. Let's say that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think like they this are, is like their full level of stiffness, but they certainly don't. Oh, they don't God, back no. down from what the Gals are doing to them. No, no, not no, at no, all. no. That was nice, that tickled, and they're going to thump you. (laughs) What's weird is, like, we'd have this match, and then the next time we'd have this kind of uh, wrestlers, Japanese wrestlers on the cardigan, would it be like that King of the Ring in, like, 90, when was it, 93? Survivor Series? Survivor Series, sorry? Alundra Blaze. Yeah, yeah, Alundra Blaze. Yeah, well, what was that, 94? Four, five, 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 five. Yeah. Yeah, Birth of against a Japanese. Three Good people old against against uh, Lundra Blair's no Japanese three people. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Like, they kind of like you had this bang of a match, great champions, and they just kind of like put it down for like a decade near enough. Yeah, it's yeah. like okay, Vince has clearly wanted to just have a go at for for a little bit, but then didn't really want to take anybody else off the cards, give them space to really perform. I mean, it's typical Vince. It's, it, he gets the shiny oh, yeah. thing, he gets bored in seconds, and then just discards it. Yep. Well, this goes fifteen minutes. It does, and we get three falls out of it. <laughs> Yeah, really I mean, would, would, on, on like a you know quote regular pay view, would they have been given that amount of time? Do you think would have been like a quick five minutes? It wouldn't be best of three falls. No, that's true. <laughs> no, it was. It wouldn't be. I, I don't know. I think the fact this was on TV probably did everyone a favor because it got to show that women's Gave wrestling is actually a thing here, not just because Vince imported some really really talented wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, the fact like it's it's a weird because like you get a good opener and you get like the the kind of black hole of attention that is the, uh, the the bench press and then you get this banger it's like this is what this is all over the place yeah yeah yep. um would you like to know what happened to the women's tag team title belts after this match they were thrown in the bin on nitro no <laughs> no they they weren't <laughs> there was one more change in championship Ooh. in the lifespan of this belt yeah. In Saitama, Japan, the Jumping Bomb Angels lost the tag team championships to the Glamour yeah. Girls by countout. <laughs> oh, there we go. Well, they lost by countout. They lost the belts by countout. But that's because. No, no, this actually does make sense. In Japan and most Japanese promotions, a counter is just as good as a pinfall. So a title will change hands on that occasion. And it's still a 20 count outside. Uh, yes, 20 count outside yeah, for most promotions in Japan as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that that does make kind of sense. And then the belt was retired in February of nineteen eighty nine and it was never seen again. I thought they brought 
they brought ear women's version back, haven't they? I'm gonna say, is this like this is separate from the lineage of the current women's tag team belts? I take it then. I think it might yes. be so. Yeah, but there's there's also survives in some form today. Yeah. yeah. But but Al, uh, we've discussed this banger of a match that was on the USA Network. What were it, what were the NWA showing us on pay per view at this moment in time? Well, Ewan, it would be silly for me to assume they're going to have another long and drawn out match uh, like <laughs> the last one. It ends in a time limit draw. Well, no. didn't quite get to the time limit draw. We we were knocking on it, I would imagine, so assuming the time limit <laughs> was twenty minutes. Um, this one went nineteen minutes and sixteen seconds. Oh, okay. Yes, and um, I can never see his name properly. Larry Zabisco, I think I've said that right. That's yeah, yeah. One. one. He he uh, managed to win the most prestigious title in wrestling. I'll go, go on. on. Oh, he no. beat Barry Windham to win the Western States Heritage Championship. <laughs> Good I have, no idea, I have no idea what that is, but but yeah, yeah you go. I think I it was going to be old... a at the Samovar <laughs> Trophy you were talking about. Al, Al, do you want to know why you don't, know, you don't know much about this title? Because the belt had a total of two champions, Barry Windham oh. and Lars Frisco. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, it had to have some um, some dicking around in it, didn't he? With a, with a high-heeled shoe, yeah. Yeah, baby doll got involved. It was, I, I, I yeah. The the match in WWF was much better than this one. I think that's safe to say. Let's just go for little falls quickly of the other match. So, if I remember correctly, the first one, the uh, glamour girl hit what Big Show used at one point. Do you remember that move that like the power bomb there? You throw them over your shoulder. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Big Show used that for for a period of time, and um, that was the first fall. The second fall, she tried it again, but the bomb angel escaped and kind of got a uh, sunset flip. It was up. a little bit loose, but it was just about recovered. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it was too bad. It was funny. And I loved, I loved the third fall because the, the, the first angle doesn't even give it justice. It's the replay that gives it the justice. It's a double drop kick off the top row. Yeah, you drop kick yep. off the top row, yeah. And I have no idea how that could not hurt. You, you see, like, one hitter and the other one hitter in slow <laughs> yeah. motion. It must it must have been painful. Yeah. It, you know, it can't have not have been because it looked pretty... I think that uh, first brutal. angle you get from, like, the hard cam, you're like, they're never going to hit it from there. That's, like, that's too yeah. far. And then that other angle, you're like, oh, they, they really probably did get her. They, they laid they it in, yeah. They and left then, their boot marks clearly on their face. That's good. Well done then. What I love <laughs> is uh, Jesse just doesn't give a shit and just literally just exposes the end of the match like, well, it doesn't count because she inexplicably pulled her shoulder up on the face. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and Vince McMahon's going, the shoulder blade is down. And the shoulder like, blade is down. That well-known wrestling rule. Such the shoulder idiots. Blade. Such idiots. <laughs> I, I get why Jesse does it though. Like he's trying to like protect the product as much as possible as a wrestler, isn't he? So you, I kind of yeah, get yeah, it, but yeah. it's like Sorry, there's no the need to call it out on television, is there? Well, well not the man is trying to protect the, protect the integrity of wrestling when he's just helped a fully bench press record. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. that's how Jesse <laughs> works, though, isn't it? He's it a would bad sell man. the rematch as well. Sell the rematch, yep. knowing it was a, a, the referee made a mistake, which we see a lot, of course, in the next segment. Uh, where the referee makes a mistake and they try and sell a rematch. Of also course. worth it, uh, Jimmy Hart was in the Glamour Girls corner. I think he got a drop kick for his troubles at one point, didn't he? <laughs> yes, he did. He did get a drop kick, which he probably enjoyed. <laughs> so we cut. We go from this match to another talking segment. Now you say that, but at the time, this was the selling point for the show. I don't believe yeah. the rumble. This was. is like the first this, thing this, they mentioned yeah. on top of the show. Is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, <laughs> 
it just shows how much of an afterthought this whole thing was. It's it's advertised on the flyer is a special appearance by Hogan and Andre, and uh, not oh, a contract. Andre at the pub. But, yeah, uh, but I, I thought yes, I know. Once you've seen the scene, it becomes boring. But for anyone watching this live, you know, for the first time, I think this scene would play out really good. Oh yeah. Guarantee it. Absolutely. We've not had contract signings kind of drilled into our heads by the by the other would this be the first one they've done? Like a contract signing with a table of No, people? I'm sure they must have done like some before, but I think this may be the first one on such a big like yeah, on yeah. such a big stage, a big and the fact it's a rematch as well. Although I will say that the whole thing was overshadowed before before they get into this proper, there's like you see like Ted DBI in his white shoe, and then it's like a shot of the crowd. And some guy's got his kid up in a torture rack in the audience. <laughs> Just carrying yeah, it between yeah. seats. Oh, he I'm should like, have been at the bunkhouse stampede. What's yeah, he doing he's there? Just, <laughs> just casually got this kid up in a torture rack, just walking through the seats. Then was just kind of going, yeah, there's a guy carrying his kid around. Like, the kid's like 12 yep. or 15 is when he's like, he's a big kid. And the guy's just carrying him. I was like, oh, wow. Surely yeah, the security should get, get over there with a megaphone and sort him out. Because that doesn't look... I would be concerned for my beverage at minimum with that going on around me if I was in that crowd. Well, we got the contract signed, haven't we? Now... I'm not sure where Bobby Heenan is during this show because he doesn't look like he's on the other. They mentioned show. it during um, the oh. main event. Uh, he's in Barbados it? watching via satellite. Oh, okay then, fair enough. There you go. Because obviously Heenan was Andre's manager, but I think from what they say now, Bobby Heenan's bought his contract off, so now Heenan, sorry, Andre works for DBS. He's no longer part of the Heenan family, but then I think he is still part of the Heenan family after this. I can't really, I'm not really sure. Yeah. So Heenan's still accompanies him quite a lot. And I mean, he's in the, definitely in the Heenan family afterwards, yeah. Because it's like he's, Heenan and um, Andre are around when he's feuding with Jake, aren't they? They're both still paired up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During the whole kind of Jake feud. But yeah, it was... Uh, it was uh, my favourite bit of this, right? I don't know about you guys, but it's like Hogan comes out in his casual gear with his Ubers, kind of sits down. And, they're kind of, and then Andre just stands there, just kind of slowly bouncing on the ropes. I mean, Andre's probably just trying to stay upright. <laughs> Let's oh, be fair. Yeah. But you know, the way he just he's just like staring at Hogan and he's bouncing on the ropes and it's just like one of the low key most threatening things that you you'll you'll see in a wrestling ring. Like he's just like I'm not moving. It's a real kind of like Harley race, I'm gonna rip your face off kind of vibe about it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Did anyone else get the the whole thing about how he was sat down on the chair and you're like, sure the chair's gonna break from under him. That was my that's my very thought. <laughs> yeah. I was I like, going, holy shit. <laughs> that chair yeah. is I wrote down odds on that chair lasting question mark. Yeah. <laughs> is that chair gonna job? Let's find out. Yeah. But it's yeah. when like also like Andre's like that, bouncing the ropes, he's not moving, and uh, then Mean Gene goes, Andre, I won't say it again. Will you sign that contract? It's like no mean. No no gene. Like uh, you, you you've got no basis of authority <laughs> no, here whatsoever. No, mean. no gene. <laughs> no mean, no gene, no anything. And, and Jack Tony's there as well, isn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, well he, 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 he's there. if he is. I'll use that. I'll use Heenan's, um, Heenan's phrase, Jack on the take, Tony, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the point, that's the bit, because kind of, he's there for so long, it kind of goes around there, kind of, I think what they were hoping would happen with the bench press thing, like, it goes on for so long that it kind of becomes annoying, then becomes good again. No, it never, it doesn't do that. I think it does, I, I, I think like, the way he just kind of like waits and just holds Hogan's there, makes Hogan wait for him, I, I dig that, I think that's cool. It didn't have the kind of big. It had, had like a big finish that was apparently despicable. But again, we're probably kind of a bit spoiled by take contract signings later on. Uh, I mean, yeah, if you look at it from the the aspect of when this happened at the time, this would have been revolutionary. 
Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking like at someone's going to get powered through that table. Like, guaranteed, someone's going through that table. Oh, like, that's, yeah. that's going to happen. No, no, no they're not going to get powered through it, Phil, because it's solid oak. Oh, that's. You I know, was going to say <laughs> when it gets flipped over, no one's going through that table. Not without a hacksaw. No, who no. we'll see later. No. But yeah, because that's like a proper solid oak table, isn't it? Like, there's no kind of gimmick to that. But yeah, we get uh, they sign and Andre bangs Hogan's head off the table and then flips over onto him. I, I like the Luke, fact they call him um, Mr. Rusimov uh, during the thing. Yeah, because he's signing the contract, isn't he? God, he's got to sign it his proper name. Well, I like that. People say, oh, it's the mystique, but it's like everybody knows. I don't even know if his name really is Andre, but everybody knows that he's got to have a surname. You know, he's got to have a surname, and by using his surname makes it. Um, I bet more his point is he was down as like a giant or whatever it was. Yeah, it's, well, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> I can tell you his name, Al. His actual name was Andre René Rusimov. Ah, I thought René was his first name, but no, it's his middle name. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. I'm sure, like um, Mick Foley talked about on his podcast, going like when he was t- tagged with um, Abdullah the Butcher, like his plane tickets would say A Butcher because that's his name. <laughs> so that's where his plane tickets are in. He was the name of Abdullah the Butcher. Well, at least he's got a first and second name. I mean, exactly. nowadays. <laughs> nowadays, nobody's got a second name, have they? Fucking nobody have a second name nowadays. <laughs> no, that's a riddle. It's Cesaro. It's well, Rusev. <laughs> give me some more examples. I'm sure it's Neville. It's, give me some it's more. Future endeavoured. <laughs> <laughs> it was a decent segment. You get why it's there because it's Hogan, and you got to get him on a TV show somehow. But you yeah. got to remember, like, like the the had WrestleMania free, and this really selling the fact that Andre. Did Andre pin him? I mean, he clearly didn't. But they're trying to talk it up that that fall was a, a false <laughs> fall. Yeah, uh, the Meta Survivor Series and Andre won. Um, even though him and Hogan didn't have much interaction, it again it was just teasing. That's what the fans want, and it's you know nowadays they'd have fucking ten matches on Raw before this with each other, wouldn't they? <laughs> before yeah. the match. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, now they've just met just a couple of times before on TV anyway. Before you get to the um. The showdown, which the the selling, which hilariously is on a different network, so they try very hard not to mention what network uh, the, uh, <laughs> the, other, the other show is on. They can't say NBC, so they've got to be very careful. Due date and time, that's it. You're gonna get nothing else. You don't get anything else. And by the way, just just to follow up on it, it's obviously the famous twin referee match when Hogan and Andre have it mm-hmm. on, on the main events. And Andre wins so, the title, gives it to DiBiase. The That's most, the show that does like 33 million yep, views. Most watched kind of wrestling crazy. match in history. Yeah. 33 million. Well, most watched wrestling match in history. Uh, well, just to just to kind of hop onto that for a second, like this this apparently did like an, 8, an 8.2 rating. Yeah, which is which, enormous. Which is like, that's because that's because it's Nielsen ratings. That's 8% of the population in America was watching it, wasn't it? That's, that's how the yep. ratings work. And I think, like, what's it? Dynamite last week pulled like a 0.7 or something. Or a point, <laughs> well, or point nine or whatever it was. So like, yeah. For what is space is very different. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, it's really different. But like, I think even Raw at its heyday, that was like, was it like a four rating, a five rating, maybe? maybe uh, threes, six? I think. I'm sure there were threes, weren't there? I, I want to say fours was like a really good week, but I think they were happy if they got like high threes. Yeah. So you can kind of like the wrestling at this point is just nuts. Like that whole, oh, yeah. we're still like, we're still very much into that rock and rock and wrestling, like you know, crazy. And I think that that will probably be like the the high water mark that Andre match on TV, like thirty three million people. And there probably is like a little bit of a that's when things start to kind of cool well, down a little bit. But speaking of title matches, 
think it's time to go over to our friends in the NWA. <laughs> oh. Their title match. Meanwhile, back at the why, right. Why? Yeah, literally. <laughs> now, I've done a bit of research on this. Uh, I I think this was a last-minute sort of thing because I can't find telly that was shown in December that mentions this match. And bizarrely, mm-hmm. all the build-up to this show is flair feuding with Michael Hayes. So you would naturally think that Michael Hayes would probably be the number one contender, unless they were saving it for later on in the year. Yeah. But instead, reasons unknown, Road Warrior Hawk is the number one contender. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, would it shock you guys to hear this did not have a clean finish? <laughs> stunned. Utterly stunned. stunned. But this this must have a longer time limit because it gets twenty two minutes and forty seconds. It does, yes. And for your twenty two minutes and forty seconds, you are treated to the finish of all finishes a disqualification. Lovely. Uh, with a steel Beautiful. chair, I think. Yeah, he, yes, Hawk probably real waffles Hawk with a steel chair. He probably no sold it, did he? Um, I would assume so. <laughs> he probably realised was in the ring, Al. You see, I, I don't get, I don't get what they're going because I, I, I don't, I don't get why Hawk, Hawk doesn't seem to be mentioned as a challenger until January. So. I guess the hope in the show would sell that the, the bunkhouse would sell the show, and then they would just add matches and later by the sounds of things. Let's go back to Canada, where we have our main event question mark. <laughs> well, the, the name of the show is after it. It's the Royal Rumble, the first proper Royal Rumble match. One thing I will just go over it. now. I mentioned the House Show Rumble beforehand, mm-hmm. and I've watched shoot interviews from Paul Orndorff, Demolition Axe. And the one-man gang who won it, you know, the unofficial rumble, the one-man gang won it. Not one of them can remember a single thing about <laughs> about the thing. It was wow. just like, it's another day on the road. We just went out, did whatever they told us to do, packed my bags, went home, sort of thing. Yet none of them can remember this show being special or being anything other than just another house show. So it, it, uh, there's, it's a shame because I Beautiful, think people it? would love to hear some tidbits about the first rumble. and But no, no one can remember it, so... But this one is much, obviously, more documented. But however, I'm going to say this again, WWE seemed to ignore this match for a long time. Yes. Obviously, now mm. it's very proud to be the first Rumble. But it, their annual said the first Rumble, I got it, um, I think the 91 annual, said the first Royal Rumble was 1989. Well, that's the first so, one on pay-per-view. That's yeah. what, that's so, what is that what it was? Like, they, well, back cause... in them days, I didn't have any internet. So I, I, I was <laughs> none the wiser, you see. So 89 was the first Rumble. Now, I, I, I won't do too many spoilers, but I'm sure people know who's won it at home. But the eventual winner is never referred to as a winner in any other Rumble matches in. They never go, there he is, the former winner. Because yeah. it is slightly different, isn't it? Like, it's every two minutes, it's 20 men. He's never it's... referred to as a winner. He does. Re- I found a promo where he refers to himself as a winner. He's a in winner 91, But he's never referred to as a winner. Yeah. So I never thought this Rumble existed. However, fast forward, uh, uh, back in the 99, I got the internet at home. WE.com had a little thing on the history of the Rumble because there was a Rumble 2000 coming up. Mm-hmm. And I was looking through like, oh, there we go. There's some clips from the Rumble. I had most of them on VHS, but uh, which we've covered the previous on this show. The 89 Rumble featured a match between a coup and Harley Race, which was cut from the videotape. That's right. Well, anyway, this had to finish, so I downloaded real player and oh, yeah. waited, waited <laughs> oh about half an, half an hour for this wow. twenty second clip, 
the load so I could watch Haku kick Harley Race. Ah, oh, that's satisfied. I've waited all them years to watch it. And then flicking through, I'm like, what? The 88 Rumble? What What? What the hell's this? The 88? What? No. This is, so I clicked on it, and there was like, two clips. One, I got to watch a little bit of Tito Bravo's bench press record. Obviously. And I like the show. Two, two was about 20 seconds of the finish of the match. And I was like, oh, my, this blew my mind. I'm like, what? I didn't know about this for, for like all these years. I've been a wrestling fan. I mean, at that time... Probably wasn't that many years. I would have been about eight years being but a like, fan, but like, did this come out on video at all, or was it just like no, no, broadcast get, on get, TV and there you go, yep, that was it, it was gone. Yeah, well, that was it. Unless you're a tape trader specifically getting this one, you know, you're not going to know about it, are you? At that point, until the internet starts disseminating. Got the list of participants and the matches and what happened on it. I could get a description, and then um, on the eBay to find somebody who converted it from American video to uh, English video. Oh Jesus! Yeah, England, uh, English video. Yeah, well, I think I think it means from NTSC to NTSC Pal. to Pal. Come on, Cameron. So what you're saying, what you're saying, Al, when you got your tape, it looked like a potato. It was <laughs> it was atrocious, but I, I couldn't make out what was going on, and I could <laughs> I couldn't have been happy. I was sitting there, just I didn't care. <sighs> yeah, 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 I've still got it. I was like, it's a bit blurry, whatever. I can tell what's happening. I can watch the first Royal Rumble. There we go. I've sat and sat and watched it. Oh. Oh, if you are looking for an indication, Al, about how WWE have acknowledged this as the first Rumble, two days ago they put this entire match up on their YouTube channel. Yeah. Oh, yes, I, yes, that's the that's the one I actually watched. Even though I've got oh. the network, that's the one I just I just <laughs> saw. I just that's the one I watched for the show. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> there. So that that whole story just reminds me of the good old days where I was watching uh, DSF, which was a German channel on like Sky Analog, and they would show mm-hmm. WCW, obviously dubbed in German, but yeah. I couldn't understand what was going on, and then I got some softcore pornography afterwards, so it was a great yeah, time. I was going to say, I remember watching, I can't remember which um, pay-per-view it was. I think it was whichever WCW pay-per-view in, like, 95, that Brutus Beefcake ends up attacking Hulk Hogan and battering his knee with a baseball oh, bat. with a mask and, on, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's after the that jet ski incident. Yeah, I remember watching that one on DSF as well and having some reeked dodgy adverts that maybe shouldn't have been for 14-year-old eyes. <laughs> All I've got in my head is like someone going, that's a sting! Yes, that's a sting, that's a sting! Yeah, they just kind of went, do, 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 do. Well, phone this number. As far as releases goes for this, yes, um, there was barely any mention of it, like I said, in things. And then eventually, as they got into the history the winner became synonymous for winning this first Rumble. And the only way you could get on DVD was to buy the whole Rumble collection. You had to buy the anthology uh, to get this included. It was featured on an episode of Vintage Collection. If anyone remembers that, probably around. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what year it would have been. Maybe 2008 or something. It was was on there because I remember taping it. Uh, But I I think I already seen it. But this was the first time for me to watch it in better quality by the looks of things. And um, it was include very interesting. This DVD called the True Story of the Royal Rumble, a DVD and Blu-ray. But the whole thing, or just like just the Rumble match? Just, just a match, just a match. Yeah. However, they hilariously cut out all of Jesse Ventura's commentary. <laughs> oh, wow! Okay. Yep. So how petty well, is that? Yep. Because obviously he sued them over royalties once upon a time. He did. Yeah. Vince just sounds like they've edited, so Vince sounds like a sole commentator. He's not just 
asking a question and then getting no answer. They obviously <laughs> cut, cut it together. He's not going, so <laughs> Jesse, what do you think of this? And then to get silent. Oh, silence. <laughs> yeah. You know those, um, is it um, Garfield without Gar- Garfield cutting? Yeah. Where it's just like John speaking to Garfield and he's not there. It just seems like he's completely insane. <laughs> it sounds like that. Without further ado, we can get on with it. Now, again, hey. uh, one last tip. I, I oh. don't know if the people at home have ever been told who's in the match. I, I, I know the people in the arena got a flyer because I've got a copy of it. So I know they kind of know who's in the match. During the broadcast, there's only five names mentioned who's in the match. So I don't know if the people... It doesn't look like it's the sort of one, you know, where you get your rumble reports and stuff. I can Mm -hmm. find rumble reports for different years. I just can't find anything advertised on this. So I presume it was a surprise to a degree for a lot of people watching at home who was actually in the match. And for Vince McMahon, which we'll get to in a minute. I've written down all the order of... People coming into the match. Good. Well, I think it's a stellar number one. Number one and number two is pretty Bret good. Hart. Number two is Tito Santana. How long till Jesse says Chico, do we think? Uh, ten seconds. I think it's about ten yes, seconds. Yes, you and you're completely correct. Santana firing away. You know, it's quite ironic that Bret Hart and Chico Santana start the Royal Rumble, because believe me, there's no love lost between these two. Oh, that's for sure. This is the storyline that should have happened. Jesse mentions it. Says Tito's got like... A burrito shop somewhere in Tijuana or something. He does. <laughs> and then he says, June, June, when he was in the Navy, he went and bought one and he got food poisoning from it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that should have been the storyline. Jesse looking for revenge for that um, burrito that made him sick that Tito supposedly yeah. sent him all them years ago. Can you imagine Can you imagine Jesse on commentary? Let's I'll tell you something, McMahon. My esophagus stiffened. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Three is Butch Reed. The natural. The natural Butch Reed. Who's about to make history. Four Ooh. is Jim Neidhart. Oh, bad news for Tito. Jesse doesn't like the sides. He doesn't say what the sides are, but for some reason, the sides are set in place that these three men are going to triple team Tito Santana. They couldn't possibly fight each They're other. They're like aligned in their own kind of faction or anything, but it's like, you know, it's just kind of mutual kind of, what's the word, respect that you're a bad guy, so I'm going to help you out sort of thing. Yeah, I dig that. I always like that in a rumble. It's like even though they're not they're not aligned, they're just all like ah, you know we're, 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 we're pals. Combination, yeah. Okay. We can get on with it. We can beat this guy up because he's a goodie. We don't like him. Five is Jake Roberts. Whee. Huge pot for Jake when he comes in. Yeah, 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 totally. And everyone's got like, everyone's just chatting DDT from like the minute he hits the ring. They really want DDT, don't they? They really want a DDT. And does I believe your man Jake gets the first elimination? Yeah, I think this is what Al was meaning when he Butch Reed's about to make history. First man ever eliminated. First man ever eliminated yeah. from a Royal Rumble. Jake just gets his leg and flips in like a top over the top rope. Bye, bye, Butch. I've got here as well. At this point, Neidhart absolutely rips into Jake with a clothesline. Have we got to the bit where Anvil gets a severe beard rake that really puts him out of action? <laughs> no, not seen that yet. No, can't remember. I think it's Jake. Somebody pulls his beard and he like he oh. sells it like deaf. Is that later on or might be later on? Things later. <laughs> we get a good bit now because Harley Race comes in and then Anvil's got Jake's leg, so Jake can't move. And Anvil and he Race is just dropping elbows on on, uh, on Jake, and Anvil's just laughing like he's having a great time, like barely laughing <laughs> as Race is just dropping all these elbows on him. It's brilliant. Seven is I'm gonna try and get this right. Jim Bunzel. Brunzel. 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 Jumping Jim Brunzel, thank you very Jumping much. Jumping Jim. He gets a big pop. 
Number eight, I've got down here, no idea. Sam Houston. <laughs> Number eight is Sam Houston, yes. It was just the the absence of on-screen graphics kind of sometimes made this a bit difficult. Well, there's, there's no graphics and there's no music. No. Well, they don't, have, no. they don't even have any music at this moment. Yeah, so there's just dudes coming out, isn't it? Just before you go past it, Sam Houston is Jake the Snake's half-brother. Oh, Correct. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, yeah, he That's was in the... I've heard the, the name. I knew I'd heard the Dark name. Dark Side of the Ring episode, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, also... His younger sister is the Rock and Robin. He's Rock and Robin, yeah. Yes, they're all related, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, they're all in that because yeah, his dad was a naughty, naughty, naughty man. Yeah, naughty man. nine is dangerous. Danny Davis, hey. former disgraced referee. Yes. Get our next elimination. Tito gets eliminated by the Heart Foundation. He does. Ten halfway through is is it Nick Sukov? Boris, Boris Sukov. Boris Sukov. I just okay. I just feel I need to rewind slightly on a bit. Um, that we I, I missed out. I was going to think. But there's a bit earlier on where Tito is getting triple teamed or double teamed or whatever. And Vince McMahon suggests it'll be great if the next man in was Rick Martell, his partner. Mm. Uh, it was originally going to be. Well, well um, I'll get to that at the end. But, of course, Rick Martell isn't even in the match. No. So, <laughs> so that's what makes me think. Is Vince going to run down of who's in it? I mean, why would he suggest Rick Martell's yeah. going to come down when he's not even there? Nobody so. knows who's next to the Rumble, Alan. That's the point. Nobody that's knows. Point, point. <laughs> of course, sorry. 11 is uh, Ewan's favourite in this match, Don Morocco. Quickly hey. followed by Nikolai Zog, uh, Zukov. No, no, I think you'll find, Cam, it is actually Nikolai Morocco. Yes, <laughs> it's the two of them again. You know what? Weird. You know what? You two can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Nikolai Morocco comes down in a spot I quite liked, actually. And they've never done this before, or since, I should say. Obviously not before. Where Nikolai Volkov gets his number wrong and comes out. And yeah, the referees have to say, no, Nikolai, you're next. This guy's first. You have to stand there for two minutes and watch your job at tag team partner get eliminated before you're allowed in the ring. <laughs> if you're a heel and the referees were telling you to stay in the aisle because you got your number wrong, you just sort of spend the time stretching. And then when they let you go, you just carry on stretching. <laughs> <laughs> to stay he had a big ring. smile yeah. on his face. He was looking forward yeah. to this match. He was, yeah, because it's a bit like when he gets in the ring. It's a bit anticlimactic. He just kind of like just gets in the ring. He wanted yeah, to be like yeah. a bit more of a kind of a. Uh, but then um, he goes in. Uh, Morocco eliminates Harley Race. Who's not too happy about that? No, but then thirteen is Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who is over like fucking oh. robot. And then <laughs> yeah, Harley Race attacks him in the aisle. <laughs> yeah, he attacks him. Duggan goes to go after him, then kind of stops and goes, Hang on, I got to do the Royal Rumble. Turns around and yeah, goes to go the this ring. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 14 is the outlaw Ron Bass. I think there's uh, before that, there's another moment where the crowd really, really want a DDT, and we've not had a DDT yet, just to clarify. No. And Danny Davis, I don't think we'll ever be the same after this match. I'll tell you. Oh, they have been punishing him. Davis! Uh, not quite over. He's a fact for you. Ooh. Jake Roberts is in seven Royal Rumbles, right? He gets one DDT in seven Royal Rumbles. Oh, bless him. He gets the DDT, Savio Vega, in a 96 Rumble, finally. Nice. And the camera cuts away the second he executes the move. Oh, of course. Of course they do. <laughs> we've not done 96, of course they have we? Do. I don't think we've done no, 96. No, we've not done 96. No. So when we, if we do that in the future, yep, that's your bit. It's a DDT, so and evil. then the camera turns to something Can't else. Wait. It's like, oh. 15 is the... Other killer B, can't remember his name. Uh, B. Brian Blair. Come yeah. on, uh, the Iron Sheik's favourite wrestler. Just before he comes in, his partner is dumped out by Nikolai, uh, Nikolai Z- uh, Zolkov. So, Zukov? Zolkov? Is Zukov, isn't it? Volkov. Boris Nikolai Zukov, Volkov. Nikolai Volkov. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so he, uh, just as it, just as it, uh, before he can come out and help his partner, his partner's dumped out of the ring. Yep. 16, it's Hillbilly Jim. And he dumps Ooh. Night out straight off. 
Yeah. 17. Welcome back, Dino Bravo. <laughs> But then part of me is thinking, in a kayfabe sense, why would you bother spending all that time lifting weight records when you know you've got a match later on? Because he's the world's strongest man. Mm. He can do everything. Mm. And he's in Canada. He's hot. He gets such an he, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. 18 is where it gets interesting because I was like, oh, great. It's Ultimate Warrior. He's going to come down, shake the ropes, generally go mental, eliminate five people, and then eliminate <laughs> himself and fuck off through the crowd or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, nah, none of yeah. that. He's well, only debuted like literally three months before this. Uh, I wanted to point out before that point that Sam Houston gets eliminated in quite spectacular fashion from the shoulders of Ron Bass to the floor. He does. It's a big bump. It looks like he's really knocked by it, yeah. Yeah, mm. he takes a big old big old thing. And yeah, Cameron's right. When when Warrior comes out, I was kind of like, ah, here we go. This is the yeah. point, remember, where, where it's the ceremonial clearing of the ring. Yes. You know? That point <laughs> yeah. where it's like some big dude comes out and throw like, you know, uh, King would come in and throw loads of dudes out. Big Show would yeah, throw exactly. out loads of dudes. That bit where it's like, yeah, the, the big four big four ring, someone comes in and out, but no, he just kind of comes in and just kind of just just walks around like a regular guy. Warrior goes without much fanfare after about five minutes. It's not yeah. he doesn't stick around for long at all. Brett goes in the meantime, I think Brett's the longest surviving yep, this match. Yep. Yep. Nineteen. Oh my god, it's one man gang. One man gang. Great comment here from uh, Vince uh, when uh, he's, I think Jake's been worked over by somebody and he says, oh, why is he picking on Jake? And Jesse replies, because he's a snake. <laughs> yeah, he does, yeah. And it makes complete wow. sense. Yeah, yeah, of course, he's a snake. Of course you want to get him out. And then last but not least, depending on your opinion, 20 is Junkyard Dog. Wee. There you go. So gang eliminates Blair, then he throws Jake out to no DDTs. And then we're essentially down to like a 10-man battle royal, so I've kind of classed it. Pretty much, yeah. So, where are we? Gang dumps out Hillbilly. Uh, mm-hmm. Duggan throws D- Danny Davis over the top rope. War- yeah, Warrior gets eliminated by Dino Bravo and the one-man gang. I've written down like, huh? Like, he's just gone? He's not even making it to the final four? And then, also, in spectacular fashion, J- Junkyard Dog gets dumped out by Ron Bass as like, almost like an afterthought. He's only been in there a match like a minute or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then... Morocco dumps out Ron Bass, and then we're after the final four, which is Don Morocco, Duggan, One Man Gang, and Dino Bravo. Mm. Which, as your final four, considering you've had Jake the Snake in there, you've had Bret Hart in there, you've had the Ultimate Warrior in there, that's a, that's a, that's a strange final four. Well, Bret, Bret Hart's not really anything at this moment. Oh, oh, yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But then uh, he gets eliminated by One Man Gang. Then it's uh, two on one, Duggan against One Man Gang and Dino Bravo. There's no way Duggan can win, is there? Not against two bad guys. Come on. Well, well, I like the fact that a bit of continuity. They got rid of Morocco by Bravo holding them, and then yeah. Gang ran up and clotheslined them over the top. So these have made a heel team. By the way, there was only one incident of heels fighting each other in this match where Harley Race um, thingy Boris Sukov for about 30 seconds. Harley Race, he's like above all the other heels, you know what I mean? Well, they decided it was just too predictable. So the next Rumble 89... That's right, yeah. Demolition go at it straight away. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah, uh, it's great beginning that. Yeah. That's they, they, kind of bend the heel face alignment a bit more for future rumbles. One man gang eliminates Dino accidentally. And then, in a bit of kind of stupidity, or maybe he didn't know the finish, McMahon goes, The only way Duggan's going to eliminate the gang is if he runs in some momentum at Duggan. <laughs> he does, yeah, he can And then two <laughs> seconds later, two seconds later, he runs in Duggan with momentum. Yeah. What 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 no, wrestling, wrestling savant Vince McMahon? You would you <laughs> think he was booking the show? I know you think he had to own the company or something. And Hacksaw wins absolutely nothing. I wrote down some <laughs> random facts. 
from the uh, from the match. So I think we all know who the longest is in the match. Yep, Brett. Brett. Thank you. Yes. Who's the second longest though? Oh, I can probably. Well, I think I could work this out. Maybe I can't, Jake. Cameron. Second longest in this match. Oh God. I want an answer for all of you. I'm just looking through the combatants now. How says Jake? It's not Nightheart, is it? That would be my second guess. What's your guess, Ewan? I want to say Jake as well. I think Al's right. Al is right. Jake was the second longest. Hey. No DDTs, oh. but second longest. Uh, who had the shortest time in the ring? Oh. I'm having a th- butch read. Al's going butch. What's Ewan saying? Oh, actually, I think, I think, oh, no, I think I'm I wrong. I think but... it's Zukov. Oh, wait. I think the... I'm wrong. Shit. The dog wasn't in there long, but I, I don't know. Oh, I'm going to guess at Warrior. It was Junkyard Dog, but a very, very oh. close second was Boris Zukov. JYD was like 2 minutes 30, and Boris was like 2 minutes 30, 31, 32, so they were very close oh. to that. Oh, right, okay. I just remember it being a pathetic effort for coming in last. Yeah. But then the, thir- <laughs> the third shortest was the Ultra Warrior, 3 minutes 51. I mean, that's his average like well, length like, match before he blows true, up, yeah. so you know. Oh, yeah. uh, mo- most eliminations. Uh, uh, oh, I know. Th- I know this one. This, well, this is one of them facts you know for a while. Yeah, it's not one man gang. What does Cameron say? Uh, eliminations. I don't know. It's not. I'm assuming it's not hacksaw. <laughs> I've got no idea. Most eliminations. I'm going to go Brett again. Alan? I, I believe. I believe it is the gang. It is the one man gang? He had five eliminations. Oh. So he's like the big guy coming and clearing the ring, but he does it over a space for about ten minutes, which you know, not yeah. ideal. But that's 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 how we go. So yeah, and then like most other people, I think everybody else pretty much had like one or two eliminations. There wasn't anybody else with like a big number. Don Morocco had yeah, three. Yeah, there was there wasn't, there wasn't had three. Like a eliminating like half the the roster. It feels yeah. like. Oh, you got like, um, this was like a prototype, like a test thing, funny, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 no, totally, totally, yeah. totally, absolutely, absolutely. It is. I think like because there's only twenty men. Like I think it kind of makes sense. There isn't that kind of big clearing of the ring because. Yeah, you kind of don't get that kind of extra ten people coming down there. You, get, you think, oh, actually, we can't yeah. have that many in at this point. We need to kind of get rid of a few people. So, and I think if I guess if Hogan was in it, he would have done that because he's Hogan. Probably, you know, Hogan's like, but yeah, it was. It wasn't a bad rumble. It's the first one. No. You can see you, the basics prototype. are all there. Yeah, <laughs> a prototype. You can see where they're heading. Yeah, it definitely works. It definitely works. Oh, yeah. yeah, but we've got one loose end to tie up. We, we need to find out what the main event of the NWA Bunker Stampede show was, and I'll take it over to Al. Well, I'm glad you have an idea, because this, uh, you know what, you know what, I think what we're going to do first, you know, we'll tie up the Royal Rumble first, because I've got a big piece on, on the next part, so I think we'll okay. tie up the Royal Rumble yeah. first, and then we'll get to it. Yeah. Let's tie Just a bit where we get, like, um, the, the Hogan promo. Yep. When um, Vince McMahon describes the most despicable act he's ever seen, which is flipping a table over a little bit. <laughs> He also, have you noticed how Hogan seems absolutely fine physically in this bit? Yeah, totally. Wearing yeah. a different shirt, though. I wonder what he's wearing that yellow shirt for. He spends a lot of the um, contract signing genuinely looking terrified and selling that really, really well, and then does this whole yeah. thing about half an hour later and just, like, screams a bit. He's, even just a bloody plaster on top of his head or something like that, you know what I mean? I think Colour really would have saved it if he'd, like... That would have like it, it, it's not despicable, like what's happened to him. No, like, no one's stupid. jumped in. He's just been kind of bounced a little bit off the table. Like it needed, I think, a little bit of color in there or yeah. something just to kind of sell it a bit more. Yeah, pretty much. But there you go. And also, he says he's talking about WrestleMania three when he when he lifted up Andre over his head. No, he didn't, Hogan. No, he didn't. Wow. It was, it was hip toss. Hip toss. That's am what it was. Am I right in thinking Mean Gene's not on the rest of the show now? 
No, it's not random. No, oh. it is. It is some fella whose teeth seem too big for his mouth when he's talking. Is it Greg? Is it Greg to George? No, it's Greg to George. Yeah. I assume Mean Gene was in the bar by this point. Well, Mean Gene never left the bar. <laughs> when you should say that, we're going to get to that later as well, but yeah. Yeah, and now we get to, apparently, there's another match after the Royal Rumble. Yeah, which is weird. Which is which is the Islanders versus the Young Stallions. Jim mm-hmm. Powers and Paul Roma with mm-hmm. Haku and Toma. That's Toma, not Toma. Toma means something unsavory, something unspeakable. Oh, missed dropkick! I'll tell you one thing, this this match put me in a coma, that's for sure. The fact they spent the first kind of five minutes or, or, or you know, whatever this match talking about Matilda. Yes. <laughs> yes. The dog the dog of the tag team who's not even there. <laughs> not even in this match or on this event. They just talked no. about this dog suffering distress from being with the Islanders for like two weeks or whatever it was. Yeah. They keep talking and this is the point where they um they they go obviously they, the match is so boring they can't talk about it. We just have to start talking about the bench press. And he straight up says it was boring. The only thing tonight, I think thus far, it's been absolutely dull and almost went to sleep during the attempted bench press record of Dino Drop. I thought you guys were boring. Talking about, you know, Vince dropping in like low-key barbs at the, uh, you know, match he doesn't like. He just straight up goes, that was boring, Jesse. The whole thing was terrible. And it's like, oh my God. <laughs> no, uh, no, I've written down another question for you guys. Okay. So this is in 1988, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What year did Jim Powers leave the WWF? I think I know, so I'll wait till, I'll wait till last. 91. 97. I got 94. Alan gets it in 1994. Wow. He was actually in WCW in 97. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Two years. This is the hype point, but I think this is like the kind of the final act of the Young Stallions. After they just turned into kind of outright jobbers and then they kind of split up at some point over the next kind of year the or May, so. The mid this year, it was the start of 89 is when they split, yeah. Yeah. But somehow he has gets even less relevance, but stays in the company until nineteen ninety four. I mean, it just blows my mind that he's still knocking about the company at that point. Mm. I don't understand how he's still there in nineteen ninety four. But there you go. But like, like JTG, they didn't actually realise he was still employed till they found him in a cupboard. <laughs> Open up a cupboard. Possibly. So we'll just explain this this match. It is a little long, but I'll get to it. You're so no it's kidding. really just a, a bit of a tag team match, and then. The Dastardly Islanders pull the rope down and Roma falls through to the floor and twists his knee and he's in agony and he's rolling round, rolling round. And I didn't think this was a thing, but we need a medical timeout. So he gets counted out for the first fall and then he's allowed to go to the back. Of course, the sceptic in me would say, this is surely so they could just get some interview time, but I don't think that's right. Mm. <laughs> and then wait a second who's that stood over there by the commentary table what's going on over there it's a bit disrespectful mm. when you're um, you know you're having an interview in the middle of somebody's matches and it's, it's so it's, rude it's the way the islanders have to kind of like awkwardly just sort of like pace around the ring whilst Andre's shouting the bit he's having a chat <laughs> so yeah Andre gets something in to try and shill his uh, big thing on the network he can't mention now this is this giantomania. I think you'll find he's talking about giantomania. This is the real reason why this is a little bit of a, of a mess, and it, it it's quite common practice for this moment in time. What they would do is they would always put the main events like in the middle of the show, mm-hmm. and two reasons. One, the thought I think some of it thought that like the best viewers was that sort of thing. You know, you get the best um, viewers in the Most centre of your show. Middle, yeah, but the main reason is because they couldn't control time. So what they didn't uh, want is to put that Rumble uh, match on last 
and then to say, right, kids, we're out of time. Nobody knows who's won it. That would be an embarrassment for them. Yeah. So they put this match on last. So if they went, we're out of time, people would go, uh, who gives a fuck? But, you know, it's um, what I said before about that show when they did uh, the Hogan-Andre match and then Savage Honky first. The the last match was the Strike Force against the Heart Foundation. Yeah. And that that was shown for about two minutes and went off air without a finish. (laughs) So that's what they didn't want to do. So by having this, they were like, right, we got enough time. We'll put the interview in. And then we can just play this match out and go off easily. That does make sense because uh, yeah. pay for you, they might be able to get like a few extra minutes from the end, mightn't they? Just to kind of get wrap it up, to a sort match. of thing. Mm. But yeah. yeah, so if, on TV you haven't got like it, when it's finishing, it's, it's going to finish. You know, you've got no kind of scope to mess around with the schedule. So yeah, that, that actually weirdly makes sense why you would put a match with the the run in the middle. But then this is still this is such a terrible finish because <laughs> yeah, because even yeah. like. Like they come back and like Roma's on the outside because he's got his knee bandaged up, and then Jim Powers tags him at some point. No, he's like he has to come into the ring, doesn't he? Because like it's the losing guy has to come he into has the to ring. Start so... the fall. Yeah, yeah. So he takes Jim pa- eventually takes Jim Powers to like absolutely no reaction from the crowd whatsoever. It's just like this big hot tag, and it's like mm. they've seen the main event. They don't care. This is just a they don't care. They seen, they seen Hogan's done his posing. That's the end of the show. That's how it works, isn't it? Yep. Jesse has a go at the Indy Five Hundred. Tells Vince off for using violent adjectives, and then we finally get to a like rumor comes back in, and then it's like he gets put in a leg lock, and that's it. It's done. Thank God for that. Just gonna say it's weird how it's just like two nil, and that's another thing. At that moment in time, Vince was running quite a few two out of three falls, and he occasionally would let them do two nil just to fool the audience. Yes, yeah. you're often like, oh, the Islanders have won the first fall. He's the young star. He's coming back two falls, and you're like, oh, oh no, no, there's just. So yes, in in that um, sort of yes, he would have a, quite a few two nils just to throw the audience off a little bit. That just kind of weirdly makes sense. In modern wrestling, it happens two out of three falls. You're like, well, you go and like the famous ones was Austin against Triple H, and then Michaels against Jericho, and it's mm-hmm. like they're going all the way on there. You're going to three falls uh, yeah. with the, with with their matches, aren't you? Yeah, it's a ter- it's a terrible finish of the pay per view, and then you get Jesse and Vince talking. Again, stealing WCW's great finish of having like the final shot being an empty arena as people kind of shamble out of it quietly. Got that down here is like going, why are they doing the WCW thing of like showing people leave? It just seems... yeah. <laughs> you know, slowly the, the atmosphere just literally just disappears out of the building. And we're still talking about the flipping bench press. Well, yeah, I've got, got big couple letters, as I put on the Discord, still talking about the most boring bit of the fucking show. Yeah. <laughs> Vince talking like he didn't he didn't lock his elbows out. That wasn't the true lift. It's like, oh my god, are we still just... Are we still at this point? Come Vince on. Vince and his hard ons for big strapping strong men doing things with weights. Oh, but yes. like he did it, but he didn't even like it. He said it was boring. Well that's it's because like, there was on. like you know they're all wearing too much too many clothes, you see. No, oh my god, that, that that is that is a sentence right now that is full of all kinds of <laughs> um, issues right there, that is. Shall we decide where the show goes on the table then? <laughs> oh no, no, no! Because because the show gets a bonus added to. It. We're doing two and one. The bunkhouse stampede is getting paired with the Royal Rumble. Oh, for let's oh, yeah. that's, 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 that's going to drag it down a few places already. It drag it down too much, but <laughs> we will explain the bunkhouse stampede. Who would like oh, to know about no. the bunkhouse stampede? I know about the bunkhouse stampede. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Match.
It was originated in 1985 uh, by mm-hmm. Dusty Rhodes, seems to be the creator of it. Now, well, I'm trying to find some research on this because for some reason, to bring this old wrestler... In fact, Cameron's listened to this promo at work, but he wasn't I have. Just listen to his voice. Old Nelson Royal. And he's got wow. this old cowboy gimmick. And I, I love the promo. He's, he's got this cowboy gimmick, and he's sitting by the fire, and he's like, Howdy, partners. Join me for a cup of coffee, and I'll explain to you what a bunkhouse stampede is. Howdy, partner. Come on in and have a cup of coffee. I'm glad you could make it because I've been asked to explain a few things about a bunkhouse stampede match, and I consider myself an authority on it. But I was in the first one that was ever held in Texas, and I came out of it with a broken arm. And where they derived from was in the western part of the country where you had 10, 15, 20 men living in a a bunkhouse, something like this behind us here. And when you put men that close together, you've got to have problems. You had a lot of bad blood between some people. When there was no other way to, to settle it, you did one thing, you went outside and you went the way you were. You might have your boots on, you might have your jeans, have your shirt, your spurs, whatever. And that's how you went out. And your winner of something like that was the man that was left standing. And now they've come along, like I said, a few years ago, and they had this bunkhouse stampede. Dory Funk Sr. had it in Texas. And it's one of the wildest things you'll ever see in your life. The second worst thing that you can be in, and most dangerous match, is a battle royal where you've got 20 men in the ring, and the only way that you can be eliminated is to be thrown over the top rope. Well, you take these two and you combine them, put them together, and you've got something that's really a deadly match. Because money, greed, and bad blood make things a lot tougher than what they really are. Because you've got men that come in this ring, and like I said, they can bring anything they want to bring. There are virtually no rules. There's nothing to stop a man from doing anything. He can bring a cowbell, he can bring a good branding iron, do whatever he wants. Because when you get into this type of match, you have no friends. Because there's no no such thing as a friend when you're in that. You have to watch your back, your front, everything about you. You're in danger. You get broken legs because of people flying around in the rain. Like I said, when there's money involved, there's a lot of things can happen, and the only way that you can be a winner in this, you've got to be the last man standing in the middle of the ring. And when I say the last man standing, Mister, that's that is a problem within itself. And believe me, when you can only be eliminated from this match is to throw you over the top rope. And then when you're the last man standing in the middle of the ring, then brother, you can call yourself the bull of the woods, and then you are the man. Now, 
he explains, he said he's a good authority of it because he's been in the first one, who was apparently originated by the Funks in Amarillo, Texas. Now, I've struggled. I can't find it. I don't know if he means it's a battle royal or if he means it's just a bunkhouse match. That's a yeah, Funkhouse um, stampede, surely. Uh, well, yes. Yeah, hey, hey, hey. hey, everyone's a winner. Um, Come on, let's go. Let's go. But, but, <laughs> <laughs> the best I got was a battle royal from 1964. It doesn't state it's a battle, bunkhouse battle royal, but possibly it is. With uh, possibly that's, it that's is, yeah. That. But apparently he broke his arm in the first one, so he knows what a dangerous. That's what they try and sell is a dangerous match, a career-ending match. These brawls, and he and he tells you why it's called a bunkhouse match. You'd like to know that? I'm going to tell you. <sighs> I already it, it, know. But... It, it goes back to when the cowboys would live uh, in these big barn things called bunkhouses. And they would have a lot of arguments, and they would just decide to step outside and have a fight. And you would go how you were dressed. So no matter what you were wearing, that's when wow. you went out and had a fight. With. At yep. this point, little Timmy, who's at home watching this show, is going, what the fuck is this? I just want to watch wrestling. You <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. wants to know about, about cowboys all sleeping together in a barn. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So, oh, broke funk mountain. <laughs> so, so what happens is he explains the rules that you can bring weapons, and anything goes... Like guns uh, and, and things like that. I suppose they were so, cowboys. They were like guns, wouldn't they? So, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Cameron thinks the um, the first bunkhouse match might have took place in Rio de Janeiro, but we can't <laughs> confirm that. I think it's one of those mythical wrestling <laughs> things that just didn't exist, and they can say anything. <laughs> these, no. these fictional fictional tournaments and title <laughs> matches in Egypt. Who's ever going to know it? Eh? Who's ever going to know? It brings me to 1985, where the Bunkhouse Stampede first happened, and it is just a battle royal where you can wear what you want and bring weapons, basically. And it seems to be a concept to sell house shows. The Bunkhouse Stampede, come to, it's come to your house show to watch the Bunkhouse Stampede. That seems to be the um, the gist of it. Now, there's one in 1985 that was shown on telly. However, it was only the first two minutes shown, and then <laughs> cut away, and the Beautiful. rest of the match is never mentioned again. This one I'm describing seems to be the one match that was the main stampede that got you the the gold the, the bronze boot, which is the prize that yes. everyone's coveting. What we do is we skip forward the following year, 1986, to um, Starcade, where Nelson Royal is in front of a fire, right? <laughs> Explain to us what a bunkhouse stampede is, right? Well, what they do this year is they put clips of the bunkhouse in, and it was indeed the one of Dusty Rhodes winning. So it shows you him eliminating the barbarian, and it shows you him holding the boot up at the end. So I presume that's how he won the first bunkhouse that beat, was winning that one yes. match. And and then this is the bit that really sort of broke me when you find out Santa's not real. I love that Nelson World uh, promo. And then I discovered it's the same fucking one from the previous year. They didn't even bother recovering recounting. Yeah, just, <laughs> they just put yeah, the same video back on. Oh, man. <laughs> They literally played the same thing from the previous oh, year. Yeah, oh, NWA. Wikipedia lists Dusty Rhodes as winning the 86 um, Bunkhouse Stampede, but through, <laughs> through my research, there wasn't even an 86 uh, Bunkhouse Stampede. It's like the Premier League season, you know, that runs like two years. The Bunkhouse Stampede started in December 86, but finished in January 87. Does that make sense? Not really, but it's WCW. God. I mean, not really. Well, yeah. it, it's only like it lasted sense. two months. You know what I mean? Mm, okay. we'll, we'll trust you, Alan. You're a poor yeah. past journalist. We have to trust so, you. <laughs> now, this year, they decided to do things differently for this one. It was who so, won the most match? bunkhouse... St- well, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> but who won the most stampedes won the trophy this year. 
So, yeah, you had epic matches. You like this? Epic matches such as uh, the the one shown. Like I don't know what they were against showing it on telly for, but this one was shown on Japanese telly, but not American telly. So I don't know. So I've watched it with a Japanese commentary on, and it comes down. Wouldn't you believe it? Comes down to hawk versus animal at the final (laughs) of a bunkhouse battle royal. Does that sound good? That sounds okay. Yeah. And can you guess who wins? No one. Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> no. Hawk. Hawk wins. Ooh. You know how? Uh, DQ. These big hard men just toss a coin and Hawk wins so Animal jumps over the top rope. <laughs> That's television. That's television yeah. money can't buy. The, um, it seems like um, Hawk wins some, Animal wins some, but Big Bubba, Big Bubba Rogers, the, the future big boss man, he's winning them. He's winning lots of them, he is. But this may also surprise you. Dusty Rhodes is winning a lot of them. So by the time the Stampede series is finished, it's a tie. Oh. Of course it is. But Jim Cornette cuts a beautiful promo saying, well, Big Bubba won the ones with the most money. He's got the biggest prize funds. He's the winner. But nope, WCW don't accept that. We need a match. We need a match between these two people um, to decide the bunkhouse stampede. So naturally, they have it in a steel cage because that's Battle Royals and steel cages got together so well, which we'll get to in a minute. And they have the rule seems to be you've got to throw your opponent out of the cage rather than escape the cage yourself. Over the top Uh, of the cage. Yeah. Not not even over the top, you can throw them at the door. That's true. You can go over Mm. the top. Over the top or out the door. Big, massive, like, uh, back body dropped is right over the top of the cage. This this sold out for some reason, even though to me the, the ending of this match is so obvious. But whatever state it was, it sold out massively and it could even still be a record this day, this venue. Big Bubba versus uh, Dusty Rhodes in the Stampede final. And hilariously, um, it wasn't even shown on telly, it was massive in the thing. And you got like a clip of like the opening minute of the match on TV and that was it. And again, it doesn't look like it's been recorded for video or any anything like that. But who can guess who won? Uh, Dusty, Mr. Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. Dusty uh, Rhodes. He did indeed. He, he beat Bubba Rogers. He's the 1987 Bunkhouse Stampede winner as well. I, I can go one better, Al. Yeah? Uh, would I be correct in saying that Dusty Rhodes won every single Bunkhouse Stampede? Well, we're now with Bunkhouse Stampede 1988. And this, this, this one, they had qualifying matches for. So I'm not really sure how it worked if you had to win more than one or they're very vague with the rules. I think it was if you won a sort of regional bunkers, you then qualified for the pay-per-view one, I think. Well, Sting won one and Michael Hayes won one and neither of them were uh, qualified. But we've got a Hawk as well uh, won one, but of course he's in the title match. He gets a title match, doesn't he? So. So there you go. Right, this is this is this is where it gets exciting. You had ten men qualified for this match, right? They've won their own regional things. Uh, Dusty Rhodes, despite the fact he's won once, seems to have not qualified. So what do we need? We need a special wild card steel cage qualifier match on the first of January or something. Yeah. 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 Um, literally is an excuse for Dusty Rhodes to uh, win. So this Put is up in the main event, yeah, yeah. This, <laughs> as, yeah. as Dusty does. So this is a steel cage battle royal, and yep, Dusty uh, wins that. I think there's Bobby Eaton and Dick Murdoch and a few other people in it. 
and, and he wins it and uh, he gets to go to the bunkhouse stampede 11 men at the bunkhouse stampede wow and what happens is this is where I think Vince's influence on it originally it was just advertised as like a 20 man bunkhouse stampede and there must have been like WWE are doing one down the road we, we, we need a better idea here how do we change this match this sounds too too normal Let's put a battle royal in the steel cage because that's the most ridiculous idea oh, I've ever heard of in boy. my life. <laughs> yeah, so now you've got a steel cage battle royal with 11 men. So, mm. qualified, the mighty Wilbur. I'm sure you all remember him. He broke, his, he, he broke his leg. He can't compete. Obviously. Oh. Also qualified, Dr. Death Steve Williams, who put some promo on, on telly about a week before saying he's going to win it. Yeah. Turned out he got a better offer from Japan, so he's decided to go to Japan yeah. and wrestle, right? I was going to say he was in Japan. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense, yeah. And Big Bubba Rogers is also not getting enough money, so he's managed to cut a deal with WWE to uh, become the big boss man, so he's decided he doesn't want to have anything to do with WWE either, so he's left. Um, other, other ones, I've mentioned Michael Hayes and the Rock and Roll Express, and Terry Taylor also went, so I've no idea what they're doing with money at this moment in time. So, they're obviously low on talent, so rather than replace anybody, they're just going to have an eight-man bunkhouse stampede in it. So, here's your main event. Eight people. You've got Dusty Rhodes, Arn Anderson, uh, Tully Blanchard, Barbarian, Warlord, Animal... Is it Nikki? Which which call-off is it? It's Ivan Koloff. And I need one more person, I'm sure. Lex Luger. Luger. Lex Luger. Lex Luger qualifies, and he actually showed you the finish of him qualifying. The finish of the match sees... Luger eliminating somebody called Ricky Santana uh, for the Horsemen. Um, it's Luger, JJ Dillon, Arn Anderson, and Tully Blanchard are left in the ring. Right? They want to split it. They want to split it. They don't. They don't want to win. They want to split it. But what happens is the referee says, "Nope, you can't. You've got to fight to a winner." So JJ Dillon gets the idea that he wants to be in the record books as a bunkhouse winner. Right? Mm-hmm. So Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard jump over the top rope so he can win. Lex Luger decides he's having none of this. He's having none of this. So he just throws JJ Dillon over the top rope to win the, the match. And he's then an instant baby face turned against the horseman and gets beat up at the end. But Luger coming into this bunkhouse stampede final is a big face. So you might think he might win. He's Scotland's favourite son. Yes. The match sees the first elimination after about 15 minutes. Ivan Koloff going over the top of the cage and then getting pushed out from the top, which looks a big bump. But uh, you've then got, I believe, I think it's Animal and the Warlord trying to get each other out the door. And then they both just fall out the door together. That's another two gone. (laughs) Then in an almost identical spot, you've got um, Anderson and Tully Blanchard trying to pull Luger out the door. And then all three of them just fall out the door, right? So that's five <laughs> men fell out the door in one over the top, and you're left with Dusty Rhodes in the Barbarian. Right, I mean, I mean, nobody can surely guess where this is going. There's one of them got so, pushed out the door. Barbarian literally just climbs over the cage for no other reason other than some Dusty Rhodes get elbow in the head a couple of times, so he drops down. The... Yeah, and of course... I'm not. You're as shocked as me. Dusty Rhodes is the three-time Bunkhouse Stampede winner. Nice. I'm not shocked. I mean, this this man is so gracious. He's so giving. <laughs> the fact that he broke himself to win three times in a row. To quote Jim Ross on commentary, Dusty has pulled through for the people of the country. 
Which country? Well, I think Jim Ross is a bit deaf because <laughs> the people in the crowd are shouting refunds. Yes, they are not happy about this at all. <laughs> yeah, there's another the thing where he also says, this crowd is enthralled. <laughs> well, enthralled, thirsting for blood. You know, one thought of the idea of getting their money back. So, if anyone thought the Royal Rumble <laughs> might have stopped this doing good buy rates or whatever, nope, they had a complete dead card, a steel case battle royal where half the guys left before it even started. They had um, three 20 minute matches, well, four including the battle royal, four matches within that, and apparently they reckon three of them were booked with really poor finishes. So it made Dusty's finish look better when he actually won clean, the only clean finish of the night. Mm. Dusty Rose, um, And, of course, again, himself winning, like, rather than, like, Luger would have been perfect to win. He's just turned baby face. Nope, nope. Um, nope. Dusty Rhodes is winning. He's, again, the bull of the woods is the term he likes to use. He's the bull of the woods again, and the fans were not happy. And not only that, they fucking told the fans to turn up at the wrong time. So it's been a really successful night for the NWA. Sounds great. <laughs> Um, that's one way of putting it. The the um, the match itself would actually get released on VHS. They would it, bung it on the Crockett Cup. There uh, is just the one match, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. No, no, there's actually a whole... Well, there's, there's adverts for the pay-per-view, but yeah, I think they don't... Why would they put it on the end of the Crockett Cup, though? It makes no sense. Because WCW? A good point, yeah, good point. Sorry to disappoint you guys. It's available on American VHS only. Is it N- NTC it's called? Just, oh. just remind me. NTSC. And because you fans asked for it, the Did 1988 <laughs> Stampede Show, and, and they say they even say it that uh, watch Dusty Rhodes' tremendous victory. So you, oh, if, you, if you need it, you know, th- wonder who's won watching it. No, you, you don't have. Could they just said watch watch Dusty Rhodes and sleep with that? That probably would still have been more accurate. Dusty Roads, and that'd have been D- fine as well. Dusty yeah. Roads, the Dusty Roads Stampede, starring Dusty Roads, produced by Dusty Roads, directed well, by just, Dusty Roads. Just, just before we um... booked by Dusty Roads. <laughs> <laughs> just before we we kind of finish, I'll wrap it up quickly at the end bit. So that was, but the Stampede didn't finish. This there was a. Stampede. <laughs> Is this still going on now? <laughs> well, there was a Stampede in December '88, January '89. And I don't think there was any televised or, uh, like, it was only made a big deal of on TV to try and get people to house shows. There was a few managers bunkhouse stampede matches. Oh, oh my God. God. Uh, which Jim Cornette and Oliver Humperdinck won the ones I read. <laughs> However, this is, what I'm, this is what I'm here for. This is the business. Out of that series, I've read through them, and there's one man, although I don't think they've got a trophy this time. I think they've done away with, I think Dusty Rhodes killed off the trophies and the boots and everything like that. There's one man who won more bunkhouse stampedes than anybody that year, or that period of time. And I think it's only fair the Conquistadors give him a little trophy. Uh, uh, you know, this man, he's, he's, he's not been lucky. He couldn't win a match at SummerSlam, and he couldn't win the Samadraw trophy. <laughs> but I think tonight I'm going to give Mr. Luger the, the award for the bunkhouse stampede 1989. I think he's earned it. I think you all agree. Yes, Mr. yes. In fact, in my bedroom now, there's balloons raining down from my ceiling. Um, Lex Luger, it's the bunkhouse stampede. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to get him like, a little so, plaque and send it to him. So I think he deserves that. There you go. Um, oh, and the, that, that was pretty much the stampede done in WCW. They, it was replaced by Battle Ball in the what's the three ring thing called? World War Three. Uh, World War Three. Oh, shit. 
Um, although other federations still use the Bunkhouse Stampede, like some indie shows, and I believe there was a Bunkhouse Stampede on Ric Flair's last match, or whatever the preview was, was called. There were, there were many things on Ric Flair's last match. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, that, that Heart attacks, palpitations. Yeah. <laughs> I must admit, I've enjoyed facts fact-checking all this uh, over the last few uh, oh, you're a, weeks. Oh, you're a broadcast been... journalist, Alan, of high regard. I'm going to leave you with one little story, which um, Ewan brought up very briefly before. Where Mean Gene was after the show? <laughs> was he in jail? No, I, I've even looked this up because I'm, uh, I'm not uh, dedicated. He, he was obviously in Hamilton, Ontario for the show, and it looks like he possibly left early. Hookers. Because according to the story, he was in New York that night. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. York last night, and um, I've googled it. It's it's only it's only about an hour and a half flight from Toronto. You can't get a direct yeah. flight from Hamilton, but in 1988, you possibly could have got a direct flight from Hamilton Airport to New York. Who knows? Well, Vince probably could have paid for him for him. Well, he went to somewhere apparently famous in New York called Harry's Bar. Mm-hmm. Well, from Harry's Bar, he walked in, and all the guys from the WCW show, the the, the Stampede, were there drinking after oh, their boy. show. Now, it's not like happened, but everyone, because all these guys were leaving because of the dispute, everyone thought he was coming in there to get Lex Luger. Everyone thought he was coming in there <laughs> to give Lex Luger some contract or a deal and just walk out with Lex Luger. But but that's not what happened in the end. But that, that was the big rumour. That, that That's what they thought he was doing as soon as the storm come in. Shenanigans. But there was also an argument that night. Tully Blanchard wasn't happy, and he went up to Jimmy Crockett and said, you know, this this thing's a joke. And he went, do you know what main event you should book for the next pay-per-view? Go on. Dusty Rhodes versus Dusty Rhodes, right? Oh, That's what right. he should book. If he could have done it, he would. You know that for a fact, don't you? Oh, God, yeah. Apparently, um, Jimmy Crockett just said, Dusty's a genius and walked off. But at that point... <laughs> All the talent, all the talent you could tell, like from all the guys leaving, going to Vince and stuff, everyone was just fed up of that fed organization at that moment in time. Now, I know he came to WWE in 89, didn't he? So, did he bring the broadcast with him, though? Did he? Uh, he well, I think that's probably for the best. <laughs> probably, I think, hey, Vince, I, I got think... a great idea. <laughs> Let me tell you about the bunkhouse stampede, baby. It's a good job Hell in a Cell wasn't around. He's like, we're going to have a Hell in a Cell battle royal. Yeah? <laughs> it's going to go on for eight hours because nobody can be eliminated. Yeah. There's going to be three cells, baby, across four rings. Yeah, don't have an audience. We just need rings. There's no floors. Just, yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. just rings there. There's rings everywhere. And then at the end of it, we'll put Abdul the Butcher in an electric chair. It'll be brilliant. It'll be brilliant. Fantastic. I think Dusty was a short distance away from having like a steel cage match, but having just little tiny cages with one wrestler in each and being wheeled just around the place. Swinging their fists out from between the bars. Yeah, exactly. Just like a kid going, it's, it's the prison mess, baby. <laughs> like, like shark cages everywhere. Just getting wheeled by referees to like make contact with each other. So yeah, uh, that, that's that's pretty much the, uh, the, the bunkhouse stampede of what I've found of it. I've never wow. seen a concept with so little video footage to it. Like... <laughs> yeah. The only match I could find in full was from Japan. There was little starts and endings of matches, and obviously the one on the pay-per-view. But other than that, there's not a lot for this big concert. I think it was surely created to uh, sell house shows. But there you, oh, there you go. So we have to place the Royal Rumble. We'll not let the Bunkhouse Stampede bring it down too much. Well, we will, because you're insistent on them being both put together. 
Well, uh, okay, Cameron. Do you, so, re- do you want to know my reasoning for that? It's outright lunacy. Yes. Uh, my reasoning for that is because if we cover it in in a two in one, then we don't have to do the bunkhouse stampede again on this show. Yeah. Well, I got to admit, uh, I, I only watched the ending of the main event of the bunkhouse. That's stampede all I asked you for. Oh, okay, then, Cam. So, do you want to watch the full show? When's my next pick? Um, no. No. <laughs> no. no. You hush your mouth. We'll put it together, and then we never have to talk about the bunkhouse stampede. Uh, okay. So <laughs> I haven't got I haven't got access to the league table. I've got the table right. in front of me just now. So okay. going into the WCW Reverse Battle Royal listing system, right. uh, we will start at the basement. Um, yes. We will start with WCW Battle Bowl Lethal Lottery at number 47. It's got to be better than that. I'm sorry. It's the first rumble. It's got to be better than that. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's better than that. Next one is WCW Greed. Yep. Yeah, it's probably better than that. World War 395. Yep. Super Brawl 1. I don't even remember much about Super Brawl 1, so yeah, it's better than that. Okay. Halloween Havoc 94. Gotta be better than that. Do you want to know where the first Royal Rumble sits? Yeah. Go on. Royal Rumble 1989 is at number 27. It's never going to reach that. What's 28? WrestleMania 5. Oof. Oof. What's next? Underneath that is SummerSlam 1999. Oof. Well, actually, oh, that. we're heading close. I'm going to jump down a little bit. Number 31 is Survivor Series 1991, brackets, and this Thursday in Texas. This Thursday? You must have watched, you must have watched a different pay-per-view. Maybe it was better than the one I watched. That's what that is. So that's the kind of like our other kind of combo show episodes mm. there. So. I, I don't know. I, I, I think, I mean, I'm looking at Great American Bash 89. Where's that? That's, mm. that's 33. Number 33. And what's 32? 32 is Vengeance 2002. You see, for me, this is hard because it's a whole historical thing that gets it to the Yeah, I know. Mm. You know yeah, no, 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 yeah. you're just having a bit of a stiff about the fucking historical aspects of it. And I'm looking at it as like a fucking show that spends 20, <laughs> 20 right. minutes bench pressing. <laughs> of a two-hour show. I mean, you sounded uh, a bit grumpy on tonight's show. I was trying to find the pose-off. I can't remember what what was that's eighty nine. It's on that. It's on that one, is it? Oh, yes. It's that's way more entertaining than the uh, than the bench press. <laughs> the bench so press. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, so it's like Revenge two thousand two, Great American Bash eighty nine, WrestleMania four, Halloween Havoc ninety one, Battle Royal uh, at the Royal Albert Hall. Oh, it's worse than that. No, I don't think it's worse. No, no, there's better than the glorified house show. That's the the, the royal. Well, we got the, there's a clump of glorified house shows there. There's the Battle Royal Albert <laughs> Hall. There's the big event, and then there's the wrestling classic. They're all kind of. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! These are these are these are mainly my picks. God, these are horrible yeah, to me. This show, you know? yeah. So these are the kind of like WWF shows just before we get to the you know the WCW ghetto. Al, um... <laughs> Al, you. you... Your highest-ranking show is number three at the moment with Royal Rumble 92. So you do pick good ones occasionally, but unfortunately... Did, did I pick that? I pick think that, I would yeah. put it above the oh. Battle Royale at the Abbott Hall. Okay, that's, that's fair. Okay. So that's like yeah. 30, that's the 35th best pay-per-view of all time. I'd go with that. I'd give you with Phil. <sighs> so, according to the grand list... The next selection falls on uh, Mr. Phillips. Does it? Yes. Can't it does. Please, it pick, please pick Bunkhouse Stampede, yeah. 
Oh, fuck. Fuck. Um, I genuinely wasn't thought of anything. I didn't even think it was my turn. Well, it's all a bit messed up because we got we had the um, we skipped uh, pick. Yeah. For the, um... so we, oh shit. Okay. What is it? February. Do we go for the same pay per view in the month again, or do you want to kind of not be Talk bound? To you, by Cameron. That? It's your pick. Or something different. Oh wow. Okay. Let's go for something different. We mentioned not long ago. Uh, we touched on 1996 being a year. We did. It definitely was a year, you're right. It definitely yes. was a year in wrestling, wasn't it? For reasons, apropos, I'm not sure why. SummerSlam 96. Ooh. Wow. Okay. He's going to pull one off the top of my head and just picking one at random. SummerSlam 96. Right, let's see what Cameron you is. Had the, uh... You had the Boiler Room Brawl. The Boiler Room Brawl. You got Shawn Michaels losing his rag against Vader. Oh, yeah. Bull, Bulldog Six, Savio Owen. Mark Merrow, Goldust, a fatal four-way for the tag team titles, an interview with Farouk Assad. Okay, maybe and not I that good. Think is that the card? I don't know if I've missed one. That's that's what I remember uh, from it anyway. We've done the entire card there. We've done the this entire. Doesn't, show. This doesn't look. This doesn't and, look too bad. And don't forget Austin versus Yokozuna in the uh, the dark yeah, match, the dark which match, we should yeah. try and find. It's fairly famous, so I'm sure it'll be somewhere. I'm going to see if I can find it. Yeah, because the road right. break. Yeah. <laughs> It does. It does. We all know how much Vince loves a rope break. Like, you know. Sure, I asked. There was like uh, on his podcast about questions. I was sure I asked Stone Cold about that match, and he replied. And he was like, the rope broke. It was fine. Oh, cheers, Steve. Nice. I presume that was a planned finish. I presume they gimmicked the rope to. uh... Right. Probably. Austin versus Yokozuna is coming up with nothing on the network. So, oh, oh, I oh. went on the YouTube to, uh, to do, but all I've got is a Nelson Memorial promo. I'm sure we can dig it from somewhere. I'm definitely oh, seeing footage yeah. of it. So there you go. I so next show is going to be get us ready summer. for the summer. Yeah. Duly hit the summer in February. Uh, uh, well. There's also a fantastic Olympics advert, if you can find it. Um, there's an Olympics parody advertising SummerSlam, yeah. How would you find wow. that now? This Yokozuna match might be harder to uh to find than I thought. It's literally like three minutes or something like that, but yeah, and it's 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 like a month after he gives or a couple months after he gives his King of the Ring, um, yeah. Austin you're a broadcast journalist, surely. I mean, I mean, you're right, I'll get it from somewhere, but um, it's just so you guys have got it. I haven't got the Technology to get yes. Now there's a bit here. Hang on. Get on the seven seas. Yeah. Right. The finish is on YouTube. About three seconds of the finish is on you. There we go. I found the match. It's on the network. I was on WWE.com. I found it. It's on the network. What did you type in to get it? Well, it's not on the network. It's on the WWE website, but there's the link. Yeah. Should fucking be on it. If I'm paying my money for the network, I want everything on that. Well, Vince says, fuck you. Yeah, it made me very sad now. You went, oh. There you go. It's like, it might be in the hidden gems or something. I don't know. So, so we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to get that gems, excitement. Let's, let's be honest with ourselves. I have to say, I think you'll have a great time watching the Border Room Brawl again because I think that's a great match. I haven't watched that. I haven't watched that in ages, so yeah, it'll be interesting. Oh, I think that's a good match. I haven't watched about it. You it. Oh, I can't believe it. Oh. Yeah, I sent you the question to the Stone Cold Steve Austin show about that, about that Yokozuna bit, and I found I found his reply, so I'll save that for the podcast. Oh! From 2014. 
<laughs> that's that's how a broadcast journalist works, Alan. Ten years ahead of the show. That is that is the long game, Phil. That is the long game. <laughs> I knew that would be coming useful at some point. It's a bit harsh, Phil. I've just spent the last two weeks looking at the fucking crappy bunkhouse stampede, and you say I'm not committed. <laughs> I asked this you, question ten years ago. Did you have an idea who Nelson Royal was before this thing? Because no, and I don't care. I thought it was Mabel after he won King of the Ring. <laughs> <sighs> I think the music yeah. playing anyway now. So yeah, <laughs> can we can we cut out the Nelson Royals promo? Oh, oh cowboys <laughs> living together. No? I'm, I'm sure we can. Well, I'm not a cowboy. Uh, I'm like sure there, wasn't there a cowboy recently? Like a really kind of like funky. I got to find that now. So I'll do. I won't leave my vomit story till post post credits because it is quite gross. No, come on, that needs to be on the show. All right, Just, I'll, I'll start it now as, as like fill in before out for you and um, um, Alan gets here. Uh, I'm here. You are here. So, all right, right. We go back to. Oh, is that oh. Alan turned up? Hello, Al. That is Alan now. How's everyone? Good. All right. Good. Oh. About to start my vomit story, and Alan turns up. Oh, that's sick. I'm having technical difficulties already. <laughs> Everyone is, I think. Yeah. I get the feeling Alan's going to turn up and blow both my stories right out of the water. Awesome. Well, uh, can people hear me? Are yeah, you inside a microwave, Al? Uh, yes, but um, <laughs> I can barely hear A you microwave guys. kebab! <laughs> microwave kebab! Russell's burger. Like I can, but I've got to hold it right up to my ear, which shouldn't be right. So... If they're headphones, don't they go in your ear? Oh, you got oh, hang on, hang on. No, 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 no. Uh... Uh, hang on, hang on. Where am I? Where's my dog? The dog. Um... No, I, I'm concerned. I yeah. Oh my god. You're right now, you. That was good. There you go. There Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Back with the bloody dude. Are we all looking forward to this edition of the um, the history of the Royal Rumble in some point? <laughs> I'm more interested in what your microwave <laughs> what is actually at the moment. <laughs> what is microwaving? Oh, your microphone. It's just a vicious rumour. There's nothing going on in this kitchen. <laughs> it's, it is a rustless cheeseburger that is being microwaved. Right. What beans am I using tonight? Oh, I'm going to say barbecue beans. Any advance? Just Uh, straight Branstons. Branstons, well done. Wow. The best beans. The best beans. Straight on in. Should I tell you why they're they're the best beans? Sure. Because they can stack. Okay. Heinz beans, they don't stack. Put them in the cupboard on top of each other. They don't. Not here. They don't. They don't. Special Scottish cans. Stupid English cans. That's why. Maybe, but they just don't stack. They just kind of wobble on top of each other. They just soup cans don't stack either. Guarantee. Guarantee. Heinz beans cans do not stack on top of each other. They're like outside of the wrapper. 
So Phil, vomit story, let's go. Okay, vomit story. So we go back to the year November 2023. Uh-huh. Um, it's a Thursday. Okay. Um, me and my wife go to bed. It's about half eleven. Just sitting, you know, lying in bed reading books. Don't get saucy, it's fine. And we hear like a noise from outside mm-hmm. the room. And we're like, Do you hear anything? And we're like, no. And then we hear the, the youngest bedroom door opens. He comes out, he goes into the bathroom. And I'm like, that's weird. He's get up. He's only like, I'll go, I'll, I'll go see if he's all right. I go out, okay. put my head out the bedroom door. Are you all right? He pokes his head out. He's, go, he's like, no, I've just been really, really sick. I, uh-huh. So I go in his bedroom and him and his brother used to share a bedroom and they had bunk beds. And Wyatt, the youngest, was in the top bunk bed, which is where he still slept at the time. He leant over the side of the bunk bed and was just horrendously sick. Biblically <laughs> sick. Everywhere. Like, all over the floor of his bedroom. Missed his bed entirely. The bed was uh, was pristine. The whole floor, books on the floor, shelves. <clears throat> the rug was killed. Just vomit everywhere. And okay. so it's like, ends up being about midnight, and there's me and my wife scrubbing this carpet clean. That's just like, you get all this vomit out. Books, which I'm, I'm trying to clean, like, the spines of books, because there's just pieces of vomit. It's disgusting. He goes back to bed. He's kind of sick during the night, but he's alright. Like, he's just kind of, like, a little bit sick into a bowl. Next day, he's off school. That's the Friday. Our eldest comes home from university because he's, you know, as Ted DiBiase would say, his winter residence is bath at the moment. So he's coming back for the weekend to pick up a parcel. So he comes back Friday. We're all having a nice time. Saturday, he's going to go back on the train, but he wants to take the PS4 home with him and a few other things. Oh, it's too much stuff. We'll drive you back. It'll be fine. So me and my wife go in the car to drive him back to bath. We I drop our youngest coming. Yeah, we, we we drop our youngest off at um, the mother-in-law's. He's there playing with his cousins. He's all fine. So we're all, we're going off to bath, and we go in there. Everything's fine. Get down there. But, we, but halfway there, I'm just kind of like, oh, oh, you know what? I don't feel right. I just feel a little bit. Oh, I don't know. Oh, it's a bit weird. And we get we get there, and it's probably like we're we're parked up. Maybe like a two three minute walk to his house to like his little dorm, and I'm like carrying some of his bags and I'm like I'm going to be sick outside somebody's window because we're passing through other people's dorms, dorm rooms and stuff I'm, I'm literally going to be sick in a bin I feel like it's it's there I'm going to be sick we get to his dorm room and like, I'm like just let for Christ's sake open let me in I get, get in there go to the bathroom not to, to be too rude things go down rather than up does that oh. make sense? oh quite explosively but I feel alright afterwards I'm like okay that's cool like, whatever needed to happen happened we're fine Say goodbye to him. He's kind of like, just get out of here. You just ruined my my bathroom. I'm like, okay, fine. Sorry. We go back. <laughs> so then we're back in the car, uh, back to um, back to Gloucester. So we get, I think we're maybe twenty minutes away from home. Middle of the motorway, overtaking a lorry. Thank you, Alan. And do you know when, like, do you know when, like, your you, you feel your esophagus straighten just before you're going to be sick? Yeah, it's that sort of like, like that moment of like, uh oh. Yeah, so that's how I'm sat there. That happens to me. My body just straightens and I'm like, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be sick in the car. I'm always like, you're not going to be sick in the car. She's driving. I'm in the passenger seat. She's like, you're not, you can't be sick in the car. Have you got a bag? I'm like, no, we have no bags. You asked me sick in your coat. My coat's in the boot. I can't, I, I don't know. And I'm wearing like a t shirt and a hoodie. To all I can do. If this story doesn't end with you vomiting out the window. I'm going to be very disappointed. No, I don't vomit out the window because obviously we're overtaking car- lorry cars and all sorts, so I can't do that. So what I have to do, I have to pull my t-shirt up, 
So if you take your kind of neck of your t-shirt and pull it up over your nose, like you're kind of covering your face. And then I proceed to be sick inside my t-shirt. Nice. Into like, onto my body. And I'm like, I, I cannot remember the last time I was sick this much. It was just like, from my toes to my chest, it was coming up like fire. It was just like, <gasps> like, really just kind of like massively sick. And I'm like, just hugely sick. And then we, we, I finally like, you know, stop. And I'm like, I've, I've finished. And my wife's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't think so. And I've kind of got my hoodie zipped up to the top and I'm kind of like clutching it to me. Like it's, you know, I'm trying to hold it tight to hold this vomit in that's all over my t-shirt. The windows are down because it stinks and now I'm freezing because it's cold. Yeah. And then like, that's me for like basically 15, 20 minutes as we get off the motorway back home. And now we get home and it's like, okay, what do I do now? Because I'm sat in a car covered in vomit. Like, where do I go? <laughs> like, how do I, what, what mechanical process is this? So I have to basically just like, I just like, hold my clothes tight to me as possible run inside she goes out opens the door I just like, run through the house kick my shoes off go straight upstairs straight into the shower fully clothed and just basically commence a cleaning <laughs> process that I won't describe oh any more than that because <laughs> what else can I do there's nothing else I can do like, I can't just I, just get it all off in the shower so eventually <laughs> thank you so eventually there's like a pile of sodden clothes in the sink I'm wearing some like clean clothes I'm freezing but I'm like okay right and I messaged my wife and go, right, I, I think I'm okay now. I, I, I've got all clean. I've got clothes on. What's the car like? I can come downstairs and clean the car. She's like, car's fine. I'm like, what? She's like, the, the seat's completely fine. You didn't get, no vomit came out of you at all. I basically absorbed it into my t-shirt and hoodie and kept it inside me the whole journey back. The, she just gave like a cursory wipe over it to on the safe side. Car was completely clean. So I'm like, oh, that's good. She goes to get our youngest. I then try to be sick again, but there's nothing in me. It's like trying to wring out a dry sponge. Yeah. I then I then go to bed, and then I'm, I, I have insane fever dreams for 12 hours, basically. I'm just like in a wreck. She comes home. She has some tea. She kind of gets settled down. She's then sick overnight herself, because she's on the sofa downstairs being sick in the downstairs toilet. I'm upstairs being sick. At the same time, my, young, my eldest back in bath, he's being sick in his dorm room now, because he's got whatever we had as well. Wake up the next day, we do nothing basically for like 24 hours, which our, son's, our youngest is fine with because he can play Fortnite, no trouble at all. Like, the only kind of media I can kind of even think about watching, I watched two Basil Rathbone's Sherlock Holmes films. <laughs> Jesus. Because that's like, that's all my brain could manage. And then I kind of, I think, oh, I might be right for work the next day. And then I have to do the school run, and that just kills me. So I'm off, I'm off work that day, and it's basically. I don't feel good again until Thursday. That's when I'm actually like a human being. I can actually like walk around, talk to people, like go to the office and stuff, and I'm all all right. And then we get a message from our school saying, oh, by the way, keep an eye out. There's some uh, coronaviruses going around, sickness bugs. Keep an eye out for them. I'm like, no fucking shit, Sherlock. Like a week late. (laughs) Yeah. And that was it. We were all just like horrendously sick. So I I managed to be sick massively all inside myself and not get it on our car. So... That was how I spent like a, like four days over the course of November last year. <laughs> so I'm assuming that T-shirt was retired to the bin after it was. Uh, no, decanted. no, no. And I had a good oh. good bit of cleaning. It got you know it went through the wash three times with the um, what's it called the oh. Dettol uh, biological uh, thing. What's that kind of yeah. called? That yeah. one. I, I'm three sorry, times. but if that was beautiful. That 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 T-shirt would have been retired to the bin. Same it, here. It, that T-shirt's gone. It hasn't got any funk around it at all. It's it, it, it's a survival T-shirt. What a lovely story to have me tea to. You're welcome. 
Sorry, That's Al. the cold open of the podcast. Hey, <laughs> here we go. It's a new year. Feliz Navidad. Indeed, and all that jazz. Yeah. Um, Guys, we're boring.